From 607 Podcast to talk things all pro wrestling. It is now time for 607 Podcast to present the wrestling show, better known as hashtag 607TWS. Of course, we are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, the realest thing in wrestling, and we are ready to call things right down the middle in the world of pro grappling. I hope you're ready for this jam-packed, absolute, mega, gigantic show we've got for you this week. Before we go any further, I am your host. My name is Rich. I'm also the host of the 3FN Podcast, just to throw that out there. And joining me in the co-host chair, as he does each and every week, he is the man that you better know as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Are we ready to talk some pro wrestling? And then we have a special guest this week. Yes, we do. Because we have a special thing this week. Yes. Uh, not only are we uh, broadcast anywhere that you get uh, great podcasts by searching 607TWS, we are also going to be on the ODPH Network of Podcasting this week, replacing the sports show uh, due to the fact that uh, next week we're going to be talking a lot, a lot of football. So yes. this week it's all wrestling. And joining us from the ODPH, you know him as a co-host over there, the one, the only, Padawan J. Hey, yo, first time, long time. There you go. I like it. I mean, you've joined us in the chat a yes. bunch of times as well. So, I mean, that does help out quite a bit. Yes, it Very does. familiar. So, uh, you're used to, if you were used to the days where we were on twitch.tv slash 67 podcast going live before WWE decided to take a big stank and shit all over that and uh, make their product better. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, until we can figure out a better night, because uh, there's a lot of nights out there that just are not good, uh, we decided, hey, we're doing it this way. But if you were listening back then, I can promise you. That uh, you would uh, know that Padawan Jay we talked about in the chat is he would get information stuff for us and add a lot to the chat. So uh, it's going to be a cool, awesome episode. Once again, if you're listening on the ODPH Network of Podcasting, we appreciate you. And uh, hopefully uh, you will like what you hear and you'll uh, sign up and make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button for 607TWS. Uh, it will be available on more players soon as we are changing our podcast. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for more details. But you can uh, find a player on both of our websites. But let's talk about those websites, Kenan, because before we go any further, we have a jam-packed week, mind you. In the main event of this show, we're talking about one of the biggest wrestling weekends in the history of pro wrestling. That's right. Not since the famed WWE versus WCW days have we seen this much action because both of the major United States companies are having major Pay-per-views, of course, we're talking uh, Clash at the Castle for World Wrestling Entertainment going mm-hmm. down on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday from Chicago, Illinois, this year's AEW's All Out, we'll be talking about and breaking those down in the main event of the show. In the main card of this show, we're going to be talking about what's going on around uh, Chicago at the same time as GCW brings, GCW, sorry, and Black Label Pro, we want to give them credit as well, Yes, bring back the Chicago Summit for another year. And on top of that, we'll also be talking about NXT's Worlds Collide. There's a lot of implications there as well. And, of course, we'll kick off the show when we hit the opening bout with the recap of the week that was in 
pro wrestling. But before we can do all of that, Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find you in the ODPH podcast. Very simple. If you want to talk to myself, Padawan J, your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy, Dre Driven, and the whole ODPH fam, swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page. Check out Parlay Points. A blog's count anywhere will be dropping this week, but it is delayed because, well, we had a very, very special episode on the ODPH, which Rich was in attendance for, that took priority. So trust me when I say this, I will get a blog's count anywhere out this week. You can also find out the T Public Store, the Patreon, everything and everything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. And cheap plug, uh, you might as well listen to that interview with Scott Snyder that's up at the ODPH as well. Yes. Uh, with that being said, if you want to find a 3FN podcast and everything we do over there, it's easy. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. Everything is there. We have our Patreon link there, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. We also have the T Public link there. Uh, there's also links to the Twitch channel. There's uh, players to play the 3FN podcast, 607 TWS, and the ODPH. ODPH live from there. There's also bands that support the show, much like the ODPH. We have a lot of great stuff on there. Just make sure you check it out. And we're adding stuff to it. We did revamp it, but there's going to be even more revamping going on. So make sure you check out. And all the social media links are there as well. 3FNpodcast.com. Well, that is enough. Let's stop stalling. Let's dive in because we've got a gigantic show. Ken, I uh, think you should look at your watch because I believe... That's right, it's time to kick off this week's edition of 607TWS, and as we do every week, we are going to be talking about the weekly recap. And uh, it was a big weekend in wrestling again, and now mind you, for those of you who are listening, uh, we're going to talk about this real quick, because those of you who were listening to the ODPH last week, they already got the, the ability to talk about the return of one Johnny Gargano. We'll kind of skip over everything else that happened and talk about that, because I we haven't had a chance on this show, so the 607TWS audience has not had a chance for that. But of course, uh, now as we record on a Tuesday this week because of work and because I was at Sci-Fi Horror Fest and dead to the world mm-hmm. until... Actually, I'm still kind of dead to the world right now, so <laughs> it's, just a, it's, a, it's a wonder that I'm in ready to go in this chair. We had a big-ass return out of nowhere, literally, like that RKO out of nowhere. We had a return out of nowhere as coming back from a commercial break on Monday Night Raw, a very good episode of Monday Night Raw like they've been lately. Uh, we had, uh, I'm sitting there talking to my kid. I'm at home. I'm just watching on the TV. You know, I'm not even paying attention because it's coming back from commercial break. Nobody has to pay attention then. And then I hear the familiar sounds of Rebel Heart, and I went, no fucking way. And of course, yes, yes, it was Johnny Gargano making his return to World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, I know uh, that everybody at this table are huge Johnny Gargano fans. Oh, you guys weighed in on the ODPH, but we'll start off with Pad. Uh, what were your thoughts on the return of one Johnny Gar- Johnny Wrestling a couple uh, weeks ago on Raw? Much like you, I was totally caught by surprise. You know, I'd gone to get a glass of water, a little parched, you know, sat down looking at my phone, seeing what's going on, you know, and I didn't even realize because like a lot of times when I'm watching the show, you know, commercials come on, I tune them out, you know, and I and I don't usually pay start paying attention until I hear someone talking or something going on, you know, and so it came back. I hadn't even noticed they'd come out of commercial break and much like you rebel heart started playing and it didn't register with me for a couple of seconds. But then the opening lines of the song came on and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? You know, and then I, I looked up and saw the Titan Tron, saw the, his name, saw him come back out and I was like, holy fucking shit. No way. And I and I stood up and I he came out. I did a lap around my apartment. Total shock and surprise. I know there had been some talks and reports of him coming back and, and Shawn Michaels talking to him. But happy to see him back. You know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to have him back and especially the tag team implications. 
Oh, absolutely. There's a lot that can go on. Of course, uh, we got to see him right out there with Austin Theory. That's right. This, mm-hmm. uh, let's just jump ahead here because this past week on Raw, a week, fast forward a week later, since we're coming to you the day after that uh, recording this week, we can tell you that it's back to being Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we had an interaction there, which was great. Ken, how did you feel about the return of Johnny Wrestling? Completely surprised and happily surprised, too, that I was honestly paying attention doing a podcast promotion. And all of a sudden, I hear Rubble Heart, and I thought I clicked on somebody's tweet, and I thought it was a video, like, okay, I'm getting worked here. Sure enough, I look on the screen, and it's Johnny Gargano walking out, marked out completely. Such a big win for the WWE. I mean, I know they're adding a lot more familiar faces back to the roster, but Johnny Gargano was one that we've all been waiting to hear about. He's probably one of the last big, quote-unquote, free agents out on the market right now that we weren't sure where he was going to wind up. Huge win for WWE, and definitely he's going to be making some impact very, very quick. I was very happy about it, very surprised about it. I thought that that was uh, one of the things he got uh, he got uh, addressed very well on social media, I should say, because he went out and said, hey, I wanted it to be a surprise. That was the, the deal. Nobody knew I was there except for the absolute essential people knowing. Uh, that's also kind of – he didn't say it himself, but he alluded that's why they didn't do it in Cleveland mm-hmm. because it wanted to be a complete surprise because in Cleveland, everybody expected him. The pop would have been insane, let's be honest. Yeah, oh, I've been through yeah. the roof. But, but at the same point in juncture, you got to be honest – Nobody was surprised. Everybody was waiting for it. You saw all the signs. When you get to Toronto, yeah, a couple people had signs just because I think everybody was going to bring a sign for everybody who's free agent out there now because you never know. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like as big, and the crowd reaction was perfect because it was like, n- no way. No way. And it was also a city that's near and dear to him. Won the NXT Tag Team titles there. Yep. Uh, had one of the five-star matches between DIY and FTR in that building. Yep. So there's a, there's a lot of history in, in Toronto as well. Uh, cutting into his promo, I thought it was one of the most wonderful uh, return promos I've ever heard. Uh, saying his reasoning for returning was because he wanted to show his son that dreams do come true and that his dream wasn't over yet because, yes, he had made it to WWE. Yes, he had made it to NXT and was, you know, the pretty much the franchise of NXT. However, you know, there's still things on that bucket list like headlining WrestleMania, yep. winning the Intercontinental title, winning the United States title, winning the WWE World's Championship. So there was a, a lot of cool stuff that he said, and I thought that was awesome. And uh, it really gives that, you know, the, the the underlying thing that he said that I meant the most tonight. I looked at my kid and I was like, that's what you have to remember on. He said, you know what? You have to gamble on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gambling on myself. And I went, that's amazing to tell kids because kids do still watch the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 you know, sometimes it's good to gamble on yourself in that positive energy. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is why don't think that they'll misuse him. Johnny Gargano is going to be a big mm-hmm. star in World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, you, you please believe that him and Ciampa are definitely sitting at the table. They are two of Triple H's favorite sons, if you will. Yep. And I guarantee they were going. They are going to be pushed as they deserve to be pushed, as well as other people. Yeah. Uh, we, we're seeing a lot of opportunities in WWE these days. Uh, you say what you will. If you don't like it, that's fine. I, you know, it is what it is. There's nothing that's going to convince you if you're always against something. But you got to be honest, the Triple H regime so far, and I'm not saying it's going to go, it has been putting on different things, doing different looks, surprising the world. It's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air in wrestling. Well, that's the whole thing about it is Triple H has taken risks, and it's something that if you've been so conditioned to watch the WWE Universe, you're not used to seeing. And for us, a lot of people, this is like a very shock to the system. Absolutely. Let's jump to something that's going to bridge both the weeks because obviously we're not going to talk too much more about the two weeks ago on Raw since it's the night before everybody knew what happened. That was just the big thing that happened. Let's talk about something that did bridge the two weeks. That is Dexter 
Loomis. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so so now, as we record two weeks ago on Raw, technically it's two episodes ago, they had uh, the one we would have been reviewing if we did on Sunday. Uh, basically, Dexter Loomis kidnapped The Miz in a genius way because mm-hmm. we got distracted by a person in the hood on the other side that just turned out to be nobody. And I even messaged you guys. I was like, wait, who the fuck was that? Yeah. Probably some local worker that yeah. is, uh, you know, was a decoy because then we come back over where The Miz is and there is a security guard. And he has uh, got the riot gear on. And then all of a sudden, the helmet comes off, and the crowd pops his Dexter Loomis. He gives the chokehold to the Miz and kidnaps the Miz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Miz is kidnapped by Dexter Loomis. This is no surprises for anybody. I love how they then carried that storyline onto NXT. Yeah. As Dexter Loomis returned, uh, Indy Hartwell was having a moment on the microphone, doubting herself. And then all of a sudden, there was Dexter Loomis. We got to see the 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 rekindling of Index, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. And he passed her a note of saying that, you know, he had to leave, but he'll be back. And of course, he got arrested by the police right after for presumably kidnapping the Miz. Yeah. W- wonderfully presented on, you know, NXT just because it's one of the best love stories in pro wrestling history. Oh, I you agree. Know, you know, that them finally reuniting, crawling towards each other. He carries her to the back and they go and talk. And then he just puts, sets her down on the ground, hands her the note, backs out of the door. All of this is silent. Nobody's saying a word. Closes the door. Boom. The flashing lights of the cop cars show up, and then he gets arrested, and he gets hauled away. I love it. I loved it. I thought this has been – we talked about it here. The Dexter mm-hmm. Loomis return has been amazing. Mm-hmm. They're still knocking it out of the park. I love what they did there at NXT, mixing it in. But then we get to this week's Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we find out that Dexter Loomis was arrested. Obviously, we saw it on NXT, but he's now out. They're going to hold him. Yep. And, and also, the Miz didn't press charges. And the Miz didn't press charges. So now the Miz is on edge to Dexter Lewis, and he's seeing Dexter Lewis everywhere. To be fair, Dexter Lewis was everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this harkens back to the beginnings of Dexter Lewis in NXT. Yeah. yeah. Like, remember back in those times when he was popping up here and there against the Undisputed Era at one point in juncture, later on against uh, the Velveteen Dream, who's in the news for all the wrong reasons. Currently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we won't even touch base on no, it. No, we have no. too much time yeah. on the show to talk about too much good stuff to touch base on that. But Google it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Trust me, it's a mess. But with that being said, uh, I love the fact that they've gone back to this stalking gimmick for Dexter Loomis. Uh, we've seen him as, as they were coming down the hallway, Champa, I'm sorry, pronouns, Champa and Miz are coming down the hallway. You get a glance and you see Dexter Loomis, the Miz sees him. Mm-hmm. But then when he turns around, it's a different security guard and Champa's like, what are you, you can't do it. During the Miz's match, we see Dexter Loomis appear in the arena. There's a spotlight on him. The crowd's going nuts. By the time Champa, you know, he gets Champa's, uh, you know, attention and yeah. he turns and looks, there's no Dexter Loomis. And Champa's like, what are you, what are you doing? Which cost the Miz the match? And then finally, the Miz says, I got to get out of here. I got, I see him everywhere. I got to get out of here. The Miz gets into his uh, rental vehicle. He starts driving away. And as he drives away, we get to see in the backseat, there is Dexter Loomis. <laughs> Classic. I thought this was wonderful. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the return of Dexter Loomis and everything they're doing? We'll start with Ken this time. You know, I, I'm really loving what they're doing and establishing his character. And especially the fact that they're tying it back to his NXT days with Indy Hartwell, who I'm predicting is going to get the call up very, very soon. And I'm not telling we're going to have a Miz and Maurice match against those two uh, at some show down the road. I think what they're doing has been very, very well planned out. And especially when you have a dance partner like the Miz, that helps, especially getting any new talent over to the mainstream audience. Pad, what are you thinking? Oh, it's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, every time I think they can't top what they did the week prior, they go ahead and do it. 
you know, and that's been one of the awesome things is like you said, the callback to his NXT days. But then each week, you know, you think they're going to do something or you think, oh, this is where he's going to pop up. And then he doesn't pop up. And then you're sitting there not expecting it. And oh, there he pops up. So just the, the anticipation and the surprise every week is, is got me on the edge of my seat waiting for him. Okay, well, before we talk, there's there's two more items I want to talk about for, for Raw and WWE this week <clears throat> in particular. Uh, before we jump out, I mean, there was so much other great stuff that happened between SmackDown and Raw. We've had a lot with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and everything. Yes. And, and I would like to dive into that further later on. I don't think that's coming into play here, but there's two major things that have implications immediately. And uh, one of them is more controversial. We'll save that for the last item. But the one before that is the build to Class at the Castle in a match between Matt Riddle... That's right, Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. Yep, and of course Seth freaking Rollins. That promo. And let's start off once again in the Triple H in the Triple H era. We're seeing some different shots. We're seeing some different things. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody smartassly say, and it was funny because they were not insulting, but it was funny that not only has we have we brought back people from NXT, but now we've brought the NXT parking lot to WWE <laughs> <laughs> because before this show with zero WWE cameras. They did not use a WWE camera for it. Yeah. We had a fight that fans caught in the parking lot between Riddle and Seth Rollins. Like, literally. Mm-hmm. And even when they showed it on Raw, they showed it from the footage that we all saw on the internet. They took a cell yeah. phone footage and zoomed it in yeah. <laughs> from yeah. the internet yeah. to show this fight between Riddle and, and Rollins. Mind you, this was at like 7 o'clock or 6.30, whatever it was. That, to me, was like, wow, that is like guerrilla viral marketing at its finest. The last time I think they did something even close to this, and it's not even an exact copy, was when uh, then Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, was going to face Lesnar at WrestleMania 32 when it was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they were getting, and it was like the Raw right before uh, Mania or a couple weeks before Mania, and they were fighting in like the entryway to the arena. But that was in the entryway, and that was with the camera and all this. So it's like, all right, this is clearly staged. But but this with Rollins and Riddle, I, I got, saw the notification and I was like, oh, okay, this has got to just be something they're they're staging, they're working on. But then I I'm like, oh, fuck, this is this is real. This is different, yeah. So then we go on, and we because of this, and because of the bad blood from weeks before, and because of this in particular, we have to have Corey Graves moderate an interview between the two men from different locations in the arena, and we get you know your standard, you know, hey. At Clash of the Castle, Seth Rollins says, hey, I'm going to do what I did to Cody Rhodes to you. I'm going to put you out. And uh, the retort from Riddle was, hey, listen, you're not even the man in your own house because we all know that Becky's the man in your house. And that leads, you know, it was just normal, you know, back and forth. Yeah. Nothing to burn the world down. Goes to commercial break. We come back from commercial break and we get a dead serious uh, look from Corey Graves like, hey. After we stopped the interview and I came back out here, the mics were still hot and the cameras were still on and it picked up something. We want to warn you that this is, this is pretty raw. This Mm -hmm. is pretty, you know, and you're just going, what the fuck? Why are you giving us a warning? So it comes back in. We go back to that view. It's Riddle going, Hey, are we done here? And he goes to take it off take off the microphone. And and, uh, Seth Rollins goes, Hey, you still there? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, you know what? You want to talk about families? Let's talk about your family. Oh, yeah, that's right. Your wife divorced your ass and took your kids, and they don't want nothing to do with your bitch ass, huh? And he goes, what did you just say? He goes, you heard what I said, bitch. And then Riddle goes off on, I'm not going to beat your ass. I'm going to fuck you up. And they're bleeping it out. And, and Riley, like, where are you in the building? And Riley's like, come find me, bitch. Come find me, bitch. And they're literally yeah. having this, like, 
Wonderful. Uh, I know that you equated it to a certain MMA uh, instance, Ken. Yeah, the John Jones, Daniel Cormier. Yeah, absolutely. A presser where they thought the mic was off and uh, apparently some other words were exchanged after. This was a great homage to it, and especially letting Rollins loose and really dive into this heel character. Because we always say we refer to him like this the Joker, so to speak, you know, with the, yeah. the, the drip swag and such. This is an area that he just sunk his teeth into, and, and you brought in that element of realism that Triple H is very more known for, but it was enough that it was really adding to this feud, which, I mean, has been good build so far, but now this has become a must-watch match. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what did you think, Pat? Uh, honestly, for me, before that promo last night, I did not give two shits about this match. Don't get me wrong. Uh, nothing against Riddle, nothing against Rollins. Rollins is one of my favorite guys. Riddle, I'm kind of neutral on. Like, I don't hate the guy. I don't love the guy. Did not care for this match. You know, it was honestly, was the match that, like, when I go to watch, you know, Clash of the Castle, because I won't be able to watch it live, was probably going to get up, you know, maybe fast forward through it, you know, go up, get something, whatever. That promo last night, though, made me go, all right, I want to watch this match. Be just because it to me the match up until this point felt like a leftover from the Vince McMahon regime. Mm. It felt like a leftover Vince story that hey, we got to wrap this up. You know, we don't really have anything for you guys right now, but you know what? It just makes sense to continue this. And I, and honestly, I just didn't care because I'm like, there's nothing on the line here. There's nothing implicated. Like, oh, whoever wins this gets the next shot at Roman or or the next shot at Lashley or the next shot at, uh, at Gunther. You know, whatever. So I was like, I just, I just don't care. But I've seen this last night. I immediately went, oh, fuck. They're doing the John Jones, Daniel Cormier promo. And I went, all right, now I'm in. I'm with you there. But coming into it, I was like lukewarm at best. I mean, I, I respect both guys, what they do in the ring. Sure. Obviously, obviously, Seth Rollins is one of the best in the world, period. Matt Riddle's good. You know, he's good. Yeah. But, you know, once again, it's leftover stuff. But somehow, Triple H takes that leftover. He, he, you know, he, he doesn't just microwave it. No, no, no. He puts it back in the pot, throws some more seasoning in there and stirs it up. I, I got to be honest. This was tremendous. Like I, the, the fact that I'm sure most wrestling fans could have cared less about this match. And now I would dare say that most of us are at least going to be like, I need to see the match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Might not be the match we want to see most, but it's definitely went from the piss break match to the, to the, to one of the matches you want to see. It got on the radar. And I thought that was beautiful in just one night. And it, in, in the way they did it, the gorilla style parking lot brawl into yeah. an interview that was bland and kind of like honestly it was just like oh man this is probably the worst promo we've gotten in the triple h area but it was not then now in hindsight we know that was on purpose yeah they wanted to make you think they wanted you to tune back and go oh yeah that's right this match is from the previous administration so therefore mm-hmm. it's just eh, let's get it over with and then they changed it and it was like okay here we are. This is good. So can't wait for that. But then there was the controversy. Uh, now, trust me, we're going to talk about a lot of controversies with AEW next when we recap mm. AEW and the little bit going on over there. Because as we all know, <laughs> yeah. there was some going on. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of controversy. And I say that loosely because I wasn't didn't think it was too controversial. Because the main event of Raw this past week was to decide the vacant WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. In the finals, we had the team of... EO Sky and Dakota Kai. That's right. I at least remember the names, unlike Bailey. Mm. And then, of course, the other team that made it to the finals, Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah. So, you know, you have the underdogs and you have the the favorites, right? Yep. Now, first of all, for anybody that's out there that is surprised that at the end of the day, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, sorry, I almost said Dakota Kai from their past, but Aaliyah are your new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Let me remind you, it wasn't that long ago in the when the before the Attitude Area kicked off that you had uh, the unlikely duo 
of uh, Hardcore Holly before he was that, so he was just Spark Plug Holly. And the one, two, three kid defeat the million dollar team of Bam Bam Bigelow and IRS for those tag titles at, at the WWE tag titles or WWF tag titles at the time at a Royal Rumble event. This is something that happens a lot where the underdog team does win, firstly. Secondly, listen, if you really think it's that big of a misstep, and I understand, we'll get to the real reason why people thought it was a misstep in a second. I don't think so. I think this opens the door to a lot more booking, having those two ladies have those belts. Because the reason why the internet thinks it's a misstep is because the internet convinced itself that we were going to get the return of Sasha Banks and Naomi on Raw. And I didn't put anything out there because I was tired of shit, mm-hmm. first thing. But secondly, I was like, I didn't want to I didn't want to take the heat from the people who are going like, oh, you're just being pessimistic. I knew it wasn't going to happen because it wasn't smart business. And Triple H, at the end of the day, you say what you will about him, but uh, a lot of people think that he's a smart businessman, including me. Mm-hmm. Here's why it wasn't smart business. It is the Monday before Clash at the, at the Castle. Right. The best time, honestly... For this return would have been SmackDown if it was live. But because Clash of the Castle is coming from Wembley Stadium in London, England, this week's SmackDown is taped. So you don't want to do any surprises on a taped SmackDown. It ruins it, right? Right. So now that leaves you with two options. Now, the next day, your competitor, All Elite Wrestling, has one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year. So you can make the decision that, hey, we're going to take the women's tag titles over there and have them defended and possibly either have them defended against Sasha and Naomi in a surprise tag team match or defend them and then bring them out at the big show, which could happen. Or you could go, let's see what our competitor does. Let's see if they have a great show on Sunday at All Out. Because guess what? We get to go next on Monday with Raw, and there you can have the day, the re-debut, if you will, of Sasha and Naomi, which would then steal the headlines back from your competitor. That is smart business, folks. If you do it on Monday, you throw all your cards on the table and you go, hey, look it, here we go. Or, you know, as I'm famous as saying, you slap your dick on the table and go, there it is. Mm. It's on the table. That gives your competitor time to try to answer that. Whereas the, the smart move would have been if you were going to do it like you can give them no time. It would be on Friday, but since it's taped, it's not going to happen. So that means you either have to hit them preemptively right before all out, or you say, okay, if the wrestling world's buzzing from all out, then next night on raw, we have that big return or a couple big returns. And once again, the wrestling world goes from buzzing about you to buzzing back about us. It's a smart move on my, uh, uh, it's the way I'm thinking. Uh, I'd like to get you guys thoughts on that and what's your thoughts on them winning the belts, the thoughts of Sasha and uh, Naomi coming back, and whether you think what I said has any validity. We'll start with Padawan Jay. Well, I, I think the I, the match certainly surprised me just because I had thought all oh, uh, Sky and Dakota Kai were the hot commodities. Nothing against Raquel and, and Aaliyah, but they were just the hot commodities. They're getting featured every week. They're on every show, you know, this and that. You know, so the ending certainly surprised me, but then I noticed – once the match was over, Dakota Kai was throwing a fuss. And I was like, that's uh, okay. That might just be her, you know, being being in character. But then I saw a clip online after the show was over. Dakota Kai wasn't the legal woman at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. EO Sky was. So I think this match is going to get run back at some point. Obviously, it's not going to be a clash at the castle because EO Sky and Dakota Kai are already in a match. I think it'll get run back at some point, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, whatever they choose. And then they go to run it back. That's when Sasha and Naomi are going to show up. That, that That's what I would say. Uh, honestly, 
glad you brought up because that's what I'm thinking. I think what they're going to do is because we already know, first of all, it doesn't hurt EO Sky and Dakota Kai not to win because they're going to be featured heavily in a oh, six-woman yeah. tag this yeah. upcoming Saturday. And it's a bigger tag team match there. People are more excited for that because we're going to get, you know, Bailey in the same ring as Bianca Belair. And then we're going to get that the, the, the two teams going at it. It's going to be great, right? get a little taste of the future. I think that they're going to run the match back next week on Raw, and they're going to make that announcement before. Right. And I think at the end of that match, Dakota Kai and EO Sky will win the tag titles. And the reason behind it is it gave a shocking ending. They'll right the wrong. And then when they're going to celebrate, that's when the music hits. And and, and I think that, you know, that that's why also why Sasha and Naomi didn't come out this week is because it's the week of a pay-per-view. You're, you're not going to bring somebody back the week of a pay-per-view. You, you never see the the... Rafter uh, Mania or SummerSlam or any where we typically see a lot of the debuts or returns or what have you from injury. You don't see that the week before, you know, the, the, or the week of because yeah, it's never the go home show. It's, yeah. never, it's never the go home show. Go home show. It's the one after because hey, we're, we've already got you know. It's the same reason that Johnny Gargano showed up last week, super kicked Austin Theory, and then this week was just in like a pre-taped vignette of him talking to somebody in the stands. He's not going to wrestle. Everybody else is tied up with the storylines. He'll get put into a storyline once the pay-per-view is over. Oh, perfect. I agree. Ken? Was not upset about the ending. Was was surprised because I thought with the amount of time that was left, because the match was over with five minutes left on the show, Yeah, I thought that we were going to see Sasha and Naomi come out. I thought something was going to happen because I was looking at my watch, and I'm like, all right, there's still four minutes left, still three minutes left. I'm like, oh, okay, we're, we're setting it. Yeah. Well, that goes further than me saying that they played everybody. Yeah. They did, they did yeah. that intentionally because think about it. They also set off a shit ton of pyro yeah. uh, intentionally. Oh, exactly. But when Raquel Rodriguez and, and Aaliyah won, I was I was sat there. I was like, okay, well, this is going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And it's a good swerve. And I think the one thing that I will admit I I fell for, we've had debut after debut after mm-hmm. debut. I got to become a little greedy. I'm going, well, who's coming out now? So I wasn't so upset about it. Like I said, it was more of a surprise. But I do like how you're pitching about next week, and I can definitely see that happening on Monday. And I'm not going to say it's a guarantee because, once again, WWE has not said this. Right. So you can't be mad that they promised you something they didn't deliver. We've said this for AEW in the past. We're like, hey, if AEW doesn't deliver Johnny Gargano, you can't be mad because they didn't promise us Johnny Gargano. Mm. You know what I mean? You just assumed it. We, they didn't promise us Sasha and Naomi this week. We do know that the deal is probably done. Right. We do know that they're coming back to work. But like I said, I think in it right now, if you're Tony Khan, I, and once again, we talked about this last week, Tony Khan is not as stupid as people would like him to believe he is. He knows this already. Mm-hmm. He knows that probably, uh, or maybe he doesn't, maybe he's fully, you know, if either way, you got to look at it. I think you would assume like what I thought is that, hey, let our competitor go out. Let them have a good show. The wrestling world's going to buzz about them because we get to go first. They'll buzz about us. Then their show, as long as it's good, the world's going to buzz about them. Then after that show, we need to steal that thunder back. We have our opportunity on Monday. And on Monday, we get to go, (laughs) remember what you wanted back? Here it is. And And maybe even somebody else, but still. And it's almost in a similar situation with the Johnny Gargano thing where fans impact AEW, WWE. We're expecting him to show up for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then he finally did. People have been expecting Sasha and Naomi to show up for weeks and weeks and weeks and like every federation under the sun, and they might finally do it. I, I agree. So that's why I said uh, keep your eyes out on the Raw after this weekend because if it's not them, it could be somebody like a Braun Strowman, a Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I think we're going to get uh, some kind of return or tease of a return because they might not bring Wyatt back that night. Mm-hmm. They might do the whole you know Edge and company lose, that, which we'll talk about later. 
And then the next night, I just got to be like, I, I had to sell my soul to the devil. And then nobody knows what that is, but you get the little weird in the video. Yeah. And you're just like, uh-oh, because he doesn't have to step out to get a pop. No. No. So we just have to get the old school, you know, scribbly. Yeah, thing, yeah. And the crows. Like, and, yeah. And then you know, maybe, even a, maybe even a follow me or whatever. Yeah. And then everybody knows what's going on. You could just end with fade to black. Swear to God, if that child voice singing, he's got the whole world's in his hands comes back, I'm going to lose it. See, I would love that. I need that. that. that creep, I need that. That creep the shit out of me. I don't want the fiend. How, I want that. How would how great would it be? Well, we, we, we can speculate on this now, I guess, but because I was saying if it happens, it would be tied into that main event, or not main event match, but the match at uh, Clash of the Castle. But could you imagine if Judgment Day's out there gloating and then Edge comes on the screen and says, I had to sell my soul to the devil or whatever, and then all of a sudden the lights go out the crowd's like you know what's going on and then you see a child with a lantern mm-hmm. appear mm-hmm. and then we get the whole world in his hand thing again and the crowd just goes oh no and either when the lights come back on bray's in the ring yeah or you just don't even have him there you just have a little flash on the screen and then you know follow me and then boom and that's it That'd be awesome. And then, you know, and then you could have the judgment they go, "Oh my god, no. No, no. no. You know, you have to sell the there's no way he yeah. can't be because even if he's not there, you can just save that for a pay per view. No, but they, you can tease it in because that's that character. You that's just, the yeah. nice part about that character. You, you'll just hear him singing, "He's got the whole world," and then just end it right there. Mm-hmm. Just do that little tease, and the whole place will lose their minds. But I digress. It's going to be a good week once again in the main event segment. We'll be talking about Clash of Champions. We'll also be talking about all out. We're going to be talking about both because they're on equal pedestal. But before we do that, we got to recap some things that happened in the world of the All Elite. And let's just say there is a big thing that happened. And we're not going to talk about the backstage drama yet. We're going to talk about it. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. But I think we should talk about what happened last week on Dynamite as the interim world champion John Moxley took on the reigning AEW world champion CM Punk in a unification match that we all thought was going to happen at All Out. No, it happened 11 days before on Dynamite. And we expected, you know, maybe they would throw the match out. Maybe we go to time limit draw. You know, there was a lot of speculation, but I guarantee none of us here and nobody at home on their bingo cards had that the match would last three minutes, 11 seconds. I said to Ken the day after, I'm like, between your guys' show last week and then ODPH, we came up with probably every scenario under the Mm -hmm. sun of how this could have gone, and they still found the one we didn't think of. Because nobody would have saw this coming. So during the match, real quick, uh, match starts. It's going great. Going back and forth. They're fighting, as we would expect. All of a sudden, CM Punk goes for a roundhouse kick, and uh, he then grabs his left foot, which was his plant foot, which is also the foot that he had surgically repaired. Right after this, Moxley takes advantage, starts beating on his leg. By the way, I, I, I didn't go back and watch if it was the left or right he was beating on. It was left. So he's beating on the leg. He gets him in the in the chokehold. He gets him in the elbows. Uh, he then gets him up, hits him with a paradigm shift, not once but twice, and then one, two, three, and your official AEW undisputed world's heavyweight champion is John Moxley. The match was shorter than the intros. Yeah, the intros took longer. So... Crazy enough, once we said we didn't see this coming, and then instantly it goes, where do we go from here? And the other wild thing was they didn't throw this at the open of the show or the be- or the end of the show. It was like right in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went, Well, earlier in the night, I caught the fact that they were saying that the tag match was going to be the main event. I just went, well, if the tag match is the main event, that means the title match is coming on before the, at the end of the show? Yeah. Interesting. I, I didn't th- see that coming. It was also not on my bingo card, but it was shortly after the nine o'clock hour. We got the squash match of the century. Yeah. 
And it leaves you in this weird world of what the fuck is going on. Uh, so, you know, hey, here it is. I mean, I'm going to pass around the table, but let's be honest. Here's your options. CM Punk wasn't ready to come back to the ring and he's truly injured. Uh, CM Punk's backstage stuff caused Tony Khan to make a fucking real quick change. And it's Moxley and uh, Punk and just let Moxley have the belt and let uh, Punk go back home. So toxic ways don't screw things over. Come back when cooler heads would prevail. Or, and this has been linked to from Dave Meltzer. We're going to run this match back at All Out, even though, in my mind, if that is the match that they do at All Out, Punk versus Mox for the belt, why do I give a shit after I've seen a squash match mm-hmm. 11 days prior? So, once again, I know we're going to be talking about All Out at the end of the show, and you know, but we can speculate here right now. What's going on with just this situation? If there's something that you think he's going to face somebody else, Moxley will be facing somebody else at All Out. We'll talk about that later. We're just talking about Punk. Moxley, right now, Ken M, start with you. What's what do you got going on with us? Because this is confusing as hell to me. This is an absolute nightmare that they could not have done a worse job, in my opinion, about selling a pay per view. The fact that you ran this at nine o'clock, you already tipped off that something was wrong. You have the match come out. Punk does the leg injury. Moxley is working on the leg. I'm pretty sure it was the same leg, so he's he's definitely working on the, the left one. So, no matter what. You've now established that this is happening, and he's and you're going to run the squash. The reason I think they did this, and I don't, and you can hear the sound of my voice. I I'm loathing saying this is, I'm only guessing the powers that be felt that they needed to add a story to this other than Punk returning, and they want to make a big hero's welcome in Chicago when he comes back, that he's fighting back from the injury. They're saying that he's washed up, that he can't hang with Moxley, that he's going to come in and try doing like the Rocky S comeback, which is stupid in my opinion. I'm sorry, like this is not making me want to watch the pay-per-view. This is me, me saying you wasted my time on Dynamite hyping this up if this is the play because no matter what you do, if you plug in MJF, if you plug in Adam Page, whoever in this match, you're still going to have Punk come out to do something to get the belt back. Agreed. We'll talk about more of those options later on in the show uh, in the main event. Uh, Pad, what did you think about the Mox, Punk, and everything that's going on with that? This made no fucking sense just because, I, and I agreed with Ken when we were do, talking on ODPH last week, that this is the biggest match you could do in that company right now. There's none better. There's none more anticipated. You know, Punk coming back from injury, Moxley being, you know, the, the flag bearer, during the pandemic era and, and being the guy leading the company, that this is the biggest match you could do. So like, it makes all the sense to do it at all out. And then, you know, oh, these guys hate each other so much that we got to do this now. And, and, and just from that to putting it at 9 o'clock and three minutes, and, and it just makes no fucking sense. And, you know, I said to Ken, they got to nail this perfectly or they're going to put themselves in a corner, and they put themselves in a corner. Simply because, okay, you run it back at all out with a stipulation, it falls count anywhere, you know, cage match, whatever you want to do. It, it's not going to be that much greater just because you watched a squash match, the you know, 11 days prior. That were it six months down the road or, or a certain amount of time down the road. All right, then you can sell me on it that like, oh, hey, he's coming back from injury again and, and whatever. But the fact that you just did it, it's now 11 days later and I'm supposed to believe that this is going to go any differently? No. No, I agree with you. Here's here's my biggest deal with this. If Punk is really truly not injured, this was a weird finish. Yeah, he's got to go after yeah, left. Right go left. So 
uh, it's a weird finish. And here's the reason. Let's say that your your goal is to run this back at all out. You're telling me that he wasn't ready to come back. His foot was re-injured, but in 11 days, he's going to be fine? That's the thing. He's going to be fine yeah. to wrestle a match? Like, this is a surgery that kept him out for months originally. So mm-hmm. you're telling me, like, it would make more sense if you were going to do this and then go, okay, we'll come back to this match at uh, the full next year, which would be full gear. Well, that would make more sense. And Ken, didn't you see stuff online from when he was at C2E2 that he was limping around C2E2? Uh, he was at San Diego Comic-Con. That's he was, what it he was. was. He was limping around. Yeah, like this thing, He was. we knew he wasn't coming back. And then even when he came out for the run-in at the end of the Dynamite, what, three weeks ago now? Yeah. That he was very gingerly walking on that foot. So if he's not ready, why rush it back? This is a match that you don't have to have right now. Well, in the case of why rush it back, it's because AEW's feeling the pressure. Yes. WWE has turned the corner. What they did not expect, no, what nobody expected, what nobody had in the cards is that Vince McMahon would step down and then not only step down, they were like, even when it first happened, it's like, okay, he's going to go away while well, shit happens, but he's still there. He's still running stuff. He's just not going to be around. And then it became, nope, he's gone. And now the company is being ran creatively by Triple H. So it changed the whole dynamic, what everybody had. It changed the dynamic from the wrestling journalists, the wrestling fans, and, of course, Tony Khan. And Tony Khan has noticed that. We talked about it uh, last week and the week before, that he had put tweets out there like, hey, I've been watching the other show, and it has gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. So, like, they all know. And what is Triple H doing? Triple H is bringing back people and doing the, we're returning people, which, when people are like, oh, you know, hey, I'm tired of WWE bringing back former WWE guys and you have the people trying to make the mockery. The difference is when AEW kept bringing surprises in, it's a bloated roster. WWE does not currently have a bloated roster because no. they had a fire sale. So, And they're not going to bring back everybody that left. Right. So they had a fire sale. They got rid of a bunch of people. Some of those people signed to AEW and they can't come yeah. back. On top of that, they're not going to bring back all the people that they could that didn't sign with AEW. So... Yes, they have room to bring people back and bring bring people up from NXT. Of course they do because they had a fire sale. And Triple H wants variety. That is why we've been seeing different matches on Raw. Yep. We've been seeing other talents featured. We've been building storylines thus far, and it, is, and it just keeps snowballing. So with that being said, they felt the pressure. There was a pressure on, on Tony Khan and AEW to go, okay, we need to fight back because they were putting on, their fans were happy with the shows, but the casual fan, fans like myself and Ken, who are wrestling fanatics and watch everything, and we don't we don't have a loyalty to three letters at all, Right? Uh, they were, critis- were critical of the product. So it goes, okay, we got to get those people excited. Oh, how can we do that? Punk returns. Whether he's healthy enough or not is irrelevant. He just returns. And then you can work yourself out of that. And that's true. I, I don't blame him for that part of it, if that's the real case. The other thing is that Kenny Omega, they brought him back also kind of soon for my liking. Mm-hmm. Because I think Kenny Omega should have been saved to come out at All Out to look down whoever was holding that belt at the end. Like the fact that he's coming out for six-man titles that they're probably, <laughs> newsflash, they're probably going to win. It's kind right. of fucking weird. Well, and I think the other thing too with Tony Khan and making changes is I think they got caught off guard by how much the product at WWE improved and how quickly it did. Oh, agreed. Because you got to remember back, you know, the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars or you know whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, this is Tony Khan sitting there going, oh, you know, outside of maybe the number of times you can count on one hand, we beat NXT every week. It's not going to be that much different. You know, it's from what it is now, again, going against Raw and SmackDown. It is what it is. And then they turn around and go, well, fuck. No, it's actually a lot different. They've gotten a lot better, a lot faster than we thought they would. And we've got to adjust. And Raw's improved by 500,000 to 600,000 viewers a week. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that should tell you something. Yeah, because they went from doing one point fives and one point sixes on the big number to last night's raw was two point one one with a point five nine in the in the demo. So they went from doing point three something in the demo to doing point six right around point six in the demo, and they went to being over pretty much over two million. They dipped below two million one week, but when I say dip below, it was one point nine nine one. Yeah, so it's not like it was far below two million. But the one thing, too, is word of mouth is spreading about the shows and word of mouth is spreading on the Internet wrestling community, which that's been AEW's bread and butter since day one. People are catching wind of the show and they're giving it a shot. And guess what? If the numbers keep growing up, they are definitely staying around. And that's the thing I noticed, too, on on Reddit, you know, the Squared Circle subreddit, where people will post on there, hey, I haven't watched Raw in five, six years, seven, eight years, whatever it is. And I'm and I'm tuning back in because I'm hearing about the show. Who's this person? Who's that person? So you're seeing a lot of people coming back too. And the cool part about that is you didn't know any of these people. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, that's all fresh to you. So now yeah. it's new. Uh, I'll also go on the same. I didn't watch Raw as we all know for two and a half years. And guess what? I tune in now every week, and I've been entertained so far. Am I saying that it's perfect? No, there's no. still things that could change. But at the same point, is leaps and bounds better than what it was. And oh at God, the other yeah. end, I think Tony Khan and AEW, and this is not a shot at them. They got comfortable being the internet darling, mm-hmm. and because they were comfortable, they rested on their laurels. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. You can't rest on your laurels because eventually the internet's going to turn on you, and it is. With the exception, pretty much right now, with the exception of Uncle Dave and Brian Alvarez, the rest of the wrestling journalists and everybody have turned on AEW. Like, I just saw videos made by companies, and I'm not going to name them, that were rah, rah, AEW, bash WWE, talk yep. about AEW, and these are big companies like <laughs> Culture and like mm. WrestleMania, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and now we're seeing, well, here comes the downfall of AEW. Mm. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go out of business because they're not. That's just no. stupidity. No, but, but I'm saying that they need to make a change. So I completely understand, believe it or not, trying to hot shot something. I also completely understand doing that with a match. However, the, the deliverance in this match, mm. And listen, if he's really injured or if he wasn't quite ready to come back and you don't have this match at all out, I'm not exactly upset with the squash because now we have a champion. But I am upset if we run this back at all out because I think that that's a dumb move. And we'll talk about who we think might be in the match outside of Punk, which I still think I'll give Uncle Dave credit. I'm going to say right now it's a 50 or 60% chance I think on Wednesday we find it as Punk Moxley still because that's the only match that we haven't had confirmed through media for them because we do have have press releases from them, so we know the card of All Out with the exception of the title match, which it just says there's going to be a title match, John Moxley versus somebody. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming we'll find out on Wednesday, which for me is kind of weird because that means we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so it's four days out. Right. You're relying on a lot to sell that pay-per-view. Holy shit, man. So with that being said, we'll talk about that later. Now, let's talk about what the big driving news is, and it was last week when we talked about it, and it's the cracks in the back. Well, the cracks in the back aren't just CM Punk, and we're not even going to talk about CM Punk because it goes a lot deeper than CM Punk now. And we've heard a lot of other people unhappy. Let's start with the now, now what's come to the light, infamous, what actually caused the backstage meeting. Remember when we speculated mm. the backstage oh, meeting? Yeah. Well, we found out what actually caused the backstage meeting. And it wasn't CM Punk, and it wasn't the Hangman Page business, and it wasn't, you know, they they, they did mention something about contract tampering, which whether that happened or not, I don't know. As we said last week, I doubt that it happened because then their lawyers would be dealing with it and they wouldn't be talking about it. Right. I think it was just a good cover for a meeting, right? Because, and if it did happen, it is what it is. Here's the thing, though. We do know that the real reason behind the meeting now was because Sammy Guevara on a microphone made some comments about Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston didn't like it, so he punched him in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Which, who didn't see that shit coming? (laughs) 
So Eddie Kingston, the reason he wasn't on TV for a little for a couple of weeks was he was suspended for a couple of weeks. And they were addressing this situation, which ironically enough, and I don't know how smart this is, and we'll talk about it later in more depth, but they are opening all out with Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston, which oh boy. I don't know if that's a smart move. I don't know if that match – we'll say – we'll leave that up to card subject to change because I think they're going to throw another match in there. I hope. I hope they do because I don't know if – because that thing's going to boil down because that's just not over. Sammy yeah. Guevara is promising on his vlog, which is either happening tonight or tomorrow. It hadn't happened as of what time we recorded that he's going to speak and speak openly about what happened because Eddie mm. Kingston did. And Eddie Kingston still doesn't like him. He, as a matter of fact, he had some very colorful words yeah. for Mr. Guevara. Like, okay, yeah, I, he did the public, you know, I was wrong. I deserve to be punished, yada, yada. And then instantly did Eddie Kingston things and was like, yeah, I don't like that cocksucker. Yep. And and then on top of that, you have Matt Menard, who is a member of Jericho Appreciation Society. And it's not just a gimmick. Those guys actually are Chris Jericho's friends, mm-hmm. all of them. Sure. And he had put on the twi- thing that, hey, I look at what I told you for years, that Eddie Kingston's a piece of shit. And allegedly he was told to take it down, and he never did. He was bragging about it this morning as the day we recorded on Tuesday, August 30th, that he never took it down because ringside news, which they you can't trust those assholes anyways, yeah. they said that he was ordered to take it down. And he was like, oh, I didn't take anything down. Maybe you should get your fucking news straight. I'm like, so you're proud of the fact that you left some inflammatory shit up? about somebody in the back that's caused real problems. This is a problem. This is not some just, oh, it could have been an incident. This was a fucking incident. Yeah. There's people throwing fists at each other, not liking each other, and you're putting them in storylines together. What are your thoughts? We'll start with you, Ken, this time, on this whole fucking business with Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara and what they're doing with it. We always say about blurring the lines between fantasy and reality. This is not something you do with Eddie Kingston. Eddie is as real as it gets. And the fact that they're trying to spin this into a storyline, I think this is just setting up for disaster. What I feel they're going to do is they're going to have to scrap this match. I think you, then there's no shame in this. Put them in different matches respectively, but don't let them go one-on-one against each other because somebody is going to do something in this match. I understand about, you know, try being professional, all that jazz. No, it's going to go out the window because there's too much emotions involved right now. If you want to do this later when cooler heads are prevailing, sure. What I feel they're going to do is we're going to have the House of Black take on Miro, Darby, and Sting, and that's going to be the fill-in match for it. Because if you try running that match, and especially in my eyes, that's going to be the one that kicks off the card. How is that going to set the pace for that show? Like, you can't do this. And if the inmates are really running the asylum, so to speak, and and that story that the post wasn't taken down if he was told to, what are we doing over there? Like, this is just such a bad look. I want to be clear. There is no confirmation that they, he was ever told to take yeah, it down. Yeah, that's what I said, if that was true. But the fact of the matter is the Post said that I told all of you that Eddie Kingston was a piece of shit. After something like that happens, that should not be something that your talent is putting out into the world. Yeah. Because now you're just stoking the flames. And as far as, what you know, Matt Menard's just going to get his shit pushed in because he's a little punk. And uh, I know that because I spent time in a locker room with him. Funny on the mic, but he's one of those guys that's a, a yapper. He's a mm. chihuahua, as, as a lot of people say. And Eddie Kingston's not exactly a chihuahua. Right. So you're dealing with a lot of fucking problems because you keep pissing them off, and people are going to keep keep getting hit. Pat, I know you don't watch AEW, but as, as a businessman, how does this look? I mean, it, it's not a good look, and it's a bad, and it's a recipe for disaster. Just because, as, as anyone listening knows, when you're at a job, 
ultimately you're not going to get along with everybody. Difference of opinion, difference of beliefs, difference of just what you like, what you don't like. You're going to run into people you don't like and they're going to rub you the wrong way. And, and sometimes it's best to just, hey, we ain't got to be brothers. We ain't got to be siblings, but we got to work together. Let's just put it aside and let's just do what we got to do. But that's after a decent amount of time has passed and you might have had a com- uh, conversation with HR or two. I think you can't have this match, but not now because cooler heads have not prevailed. And I think if you open this match, which on paper, given everything that's gone on, if, if we're taking, you know, our, our opinions out of it on paper, it makes a lot of sense to open with. It's, it's the hot match that's going on that it's not a title involved. Everyone's talking about it. So on paper, yeah, it makes sense to open a match, but I think it's a recipe for disaster. If you do it now, because like I said, cooler heads have not prevailed. And I think this might turn into a bit of a sh- uh, shoot match where Eddie Kingston's legitimately punching Sammy Guevara in the face. Like there was the one with Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar a couple years ago where Braun hit Lesnar in the face, whether it was intentional or, or not. And Lesnar came back and cocked him in the face. Like, hey, you can look up the clip online. And this does happen in wrestling. Go ahead. So I'm actually going over the AEW press release to see okay. about the card. That match has been removed from okay. the press oh, okay. release. So I, in, unless something is going to be changed, because it does say additional matches will be announced to lead up to Sunday. Okay, as that, of as of right now, though. But there was a point yes, in this it past was. week where it was, it was the first announced, one announced. As the first match on the card. They said it was going to open the show. Yeah. So that's cool that they're taking. Obviously, smart. they're being smart. Kudos to Tony Khan because I wouldn't have trusted Somebody, that. Somebody finally got through like, hey, if you let this go through, Eddie Kingston might legitimately start punching Sammy Guevara in the well, face. Well, Eddie's going to do business, okay? But the problem is you have a cocky, arrogant Sammy Guevara who is going to go out there and he'll do something cute or uh-huh. insult him, and then he's going to find he'll out try, the hard he'll, way. He'll try to earn some internet points. He's going to find out the hard way because, unfortunately, a guy like Eddie Kingston is old school in this fucking business, and he will beat the shit out of you. And it will. Look, and by the way, for fans, it looks horrible. Some of us will be like, oh, yeah, I get to see a real fight. That's cool. No, it no, never looks uh, no, good. No, no, no. It same, never looks good. There's the same my parents always said, and I'm sure your parents always said it, don't write checks your ass can't cash. Yeah, don't write checks Facts. with your mouth that your ass can't cash. It's an old saying, and it's a great one. One more bit of business here. Unfortunately, uh, it it's, it's a little negative. I mean, we're going to be talking positive about him and all out because I see a lot of good things there. Can't wait to talk about it. But Wardlow has finally broken silence mm-hmm. on the whole MJF situation leading out into uh, a double or nothing. So he was speaking with Digital Spy and said the following, and this is a quote. Uh, that should be considered one of the best nights of my life, and it wasn't, Wardlow said. Everything that was going on with Max at the time and then in my life personally, just nothing was going right, and it's kind of sad that Everything built up to this big night, and there was so much that ruined it. All the crap with Max and everything he was pulling. I mean, I showed up that day not knowing if I was wrestling. There's a lot more I could say about it, but I don't want to get angry. But yeah, that should have been one of the best nights of my life. And obviously, the outcome was amazing, but I really didn't ever have the opportunity to enjoy it. I feel like ever since that night, things have kind of been just off, and I feel like I'm still trying to get back on track ever since that night, and we'll get there. But it is what it is in this uh, in this in life and in business. Not everything goes perfectly. I feel kind of bad for Wardlow, who is over like gangbusters with the crowd. Yeah, he looks like a fucking million bucks. The guy, the kid's a star, and you know you could tell there that he blames MJF. A little bit, but he also doesn't because he's like, I could have gotten into it more and been more pissed. I think that there's some friction there. And it sounded like to me that he blames him, yes, for his portion, but there's a little more uh, deeper that. And once again, when all these fractures are coming out, it's kind of fucking wild. 
Thoughts on that, Padawan J? No, I mean, I, I definitely feel bad for Wardlow just because it should have been one of the biggest nights of his career. You know, that he beat one of the top guys in the company, you know, handedly, decidedly. And, you know, he power bombed him 135,000 times or whatever the hell it was. It was a lot. You know, and it should have been coming out like, holy shit, look at how strong this guy is. Look at how big he is and powerful and all this. But nobody outside of his family and friends were talking about him. It was, what's going on with MJF? Did he buy a plane ticket? Is he actually walking out the co- out of the company? You know, it's like Wardlow didn't. Did, it's like Wardlow was like the AEW John Cena. Does he even really exist? You know, so I'm sure there's some actual friction between the two. Just because, hey, listen, I real, you know, if I'm Wardlow, hey, I understand you got your friction with the company and you got your issues with Tony Khan, whatever they are. But you cost me one of the biggest nights of my career that should have, I, in my opinion, moved him up the card a little bit, given him some bigger opportunities, and really hasn't thus far. Absolutely. I want to add this before I kick it over to you, Ken. We have been one of those uh, people who have defended Sean Ross Sapp on this and his mm-hmm. reporting, which I thought was impeccable. I really don't think that he lied about any of it. I actually think in a lot of ways, whether because he he won't say it or not, because I don't think he wants to get him in trouble. But I think he was talking to MJF himself uh, when he got the reports of him possibly buying a ticket out of town and all everything else. Sean Ross Sapp was a lot more vocal about this than he is a lot of the other stories that are developing or going on in wrestling than so I, I think he was above board, too. Well, I think on this, he was vindicated in this Wardlow interview because Wardlow straight out says he didn't know the day of the show whether right. he was having a wrestling match or not. So day of the show, MJF still wasn't in. So that happened after the fact. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a little vindication for uh, our, our friend Sean Ross App. I'm being nice about it because, I, you know, I take him to task when he's full of shit, but we also defend him when he's not. And I think this should be one of those things where he can hang his hat and say, hey, I told you guys there was more to this story. Wardlow just confirmed that. So with that being said, and all the conversations we've had about this in the past with MJF, what are you feeling about Wardlow's uh, points here? I don't say it often, but Sean, take your victory lap. This, this, I, I agree with you. I think it completely uh, vindicated him. And I think that Wardlow has every right to be pissed of about this, but I think he's handled it very professionally. I think he could, and I think that you shouldn't dwell about it too much, though. Now, because here's the thing: yeah, that should have been a crowning moment. Yeah, that should have been something else. But at the same time, you're now the TNT champion. You've got a big future with the company, or whatever you want to do for the future endeavors. You have got the chance now to really make a name for yourself and really do something with the belt. Now that you're the guy. And obviously the TNT title gets featured prominently. It's not getting featured at all out, which is something still weird to me that he's in a six-man tag instead of just defending the belt, is what is. But I think there's a lot of validity to what he was saying. I thought he handled this very professionally, which, I mean, I think everybody at AEW has to be very, very excited about because obviously with as much bad PR has been coming out lately, this is a situation where he's showing to be very, very classy about this, and Sean Rossap was right on the money about everything. So, you know what, I think that's what we got to take away from it. Agreed. Agreed. Well, uh, with that being said, that's going to take us out of the opening contest here on 607 TWS. We're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, it's going to be time for the mid card. In the mid card, we are going to be talking about GCW and Black Label Pro's Chicago Wrestling Summit going down this weekend on All Out Weekend from Hoffman Estates in Chicago, Illinois. Also, we will be talking about NXT Worlds Collide, that and more when we come back from this break.
That's right. It's getting funky in here with Ken M. Slapping that bass. Making it all happen. Because we are back for this week's Midcard on 607 TWS. And we're going to open up talking about one of the biggest things happening in indie wrestling this upcoming week. Attached to All Out. Not because it's attached to AEW, but because they're doing it from Hoffman's Estates in Chicago, right outside of Chicago, Illinois. And that, of course, is this for the second year in a row. We're getting the Second City Summit uh, brought to you by Game Changer Wrestling in association with Black Label Pro. And there will be... Uh, Three shows that will be on Fight.tv. Uh, you can buy the bundle for $29.99 or you can buy them individually. I do believe for $12.99 it says. Uh, so it's a way better deal if you're going to buy all three. Uh, there is a fourth show that will be taking place on IWTV, which we will talk about also during this. But uh, just so you guys know, the times real quick, we're going to run over them. Uh, on Fight TV. if you get the bundle for $29.99, you get all three of the events, including on uh, September 2nd, which is uh, f- uh, Friday night. You will get uh, at 11 p.m., 11.59 p.m., so almost midnight Eastern Standard Time, Black Label Pro, four-cup stuff. That is Black Label Pro with Game Changer Wrestling. We'll go over that card in a minute. On uh, Saturday, September 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Game Changer Wrestling brings you the art of war games. War games. That's right. And on September 4th at noon, GCW brings you Effie's Big Gay Brunch 5. We're going to go over all those cards and more. Plus, on top of that, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on September 3rd, Saturday, September 3rd, we are going to get Settlement Series Part 2 on independentwrestling.tv. Like I said, we will be talking all about that momentarily, and we are going to be starting, of course, with Friday Night Show going down at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Hoffman Estates, Illinois, from the Grand Sports Arena. It is Game Changer Wrestling and Black Label Pro present Four Cups Stuffed. Uh, this is a great event every year. You want to hear the uh, what we got going on? I would love to. I know you're interested in this one. Killer Kelly and Filthy Tom Lawler will be taking on the tag team of Space Jesus, Billy Starks, and Brian... Alvarez. What? What? Oh, you didn't know about this match. Maybe, yes. I, maybe I blocked it out for some reason. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, Filthy Tom does the Lord's work in this match. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Or Killer Kelly. Either or. Either or. Uh, hopefully, big bonuses. Uh, here's one that's going to be one to see. The Iron Demon, Shane Mercer, goes one-on-one with the pint-sized giant Marco Stunt. Oh, get out of here. Oh, Mar- Think Marco can choke slam Shane Mercer? Ah, wrestling folks. That's... Bro, what I'm hoping for is a repeat of the Spike Dudley ECW incident with Marco. Yeah, I was going to say, he's going to get thrown through all through the crowd. Gee, my. Yeah, trying to comprehend this right now. We have a Lucha six-man tag team match as the team of Gringo Loco, Latigo, and Toxin will take on ASF, Drago Kid, and the Laredo Kid. Oh, that's going to be a dope match. This is going to be a really good Lucha match. I know you're not too familiar with these people, Pat, but they're pretty awesome. Sounds good. Next up, Speedball Mike Bailey. Yes, that's Speedball Mike Bailey. Your reigning X Division champion over there in Impact Wrestling will be going one-on-one with Smiley Kylie Ray. Oh, that'd be a fun match. It should be. Yeah. The bad boy Joey Janela's got another one of them fun special challenges. He's going to be going on one-on-one with the cat, Ernest Miller. Okay, Joey put out a tweet, too, that he has something big planned this weekend or, or something that variation. Well, uh, I'm just telling you right now, we've got he's going up against the cat Ernest Miller on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Black Label Pro. Oh, yeah. It was, it was just something because I, I forget exactly. He's because he, he's booked for this. He's booked for war games. And he wanted to do something else, too. So he said, stay tuned for that. But but Joey versus Ernest the Cat Miller. I mean, Joey Janelle is putting some of the best work on the indies right now, bar none. 
And the last match that's announced so far, I'm sure they'll announce more. For the Black Label Pro Heavyweight Championship, your champion, Calvin Tankman, is going to defend that belt against Rich Swan. Ooh, that's going to be a great match. Oh, I, I, I fully anticipate that's going to be an amazing match. Of course, then we fast forward to independentwrestling.tv for $9.99 a month. You can pick that up. It's talked about a bunch of great independent wrestling. Of course, if you use the promo code ABSOLUTE, it'll get you five days free. Uh, with that being said, 1 p.m. Saturday, also from Hoffman Estates, we are going to get Game Changer Wrestling Settlement Series 2. They have not announced any matches for this. And, of <laughs> course, if you look at the, uh, the the promo stuff, it's all stick figures and handwriting because that's what they do for the Settlement Series. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's great. But we do know that Maserati Wes Barkley will make his GCW debut. Billy Starks will be on that show. Jordan Oliver will be on that show wrestling under another name. Uh, Yoya and Janai Kai will be on that show. There is a ton of people scheduled for that show, I do believe. Ciclope uh, and Miedo Extremo are also on that show. So we're going to get Los Macisos and many more. It's going to be a lot of fun. It, no, nothing is. It's kind of like a mystery vortex. They did it last time and it ended up being great. I can't wait to see this one as well. So independentwrestling.tv at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Chicago, Illinois. Check that one out. Let's talk about the big one. Ken M, what is that again? War Games. Well, to be more specific, it's the art of. GCW's The Art of War Games 2. Uh, once again, from the Grand Sports Arena on Hoffman Estates, it's going to take place at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as I mentioned earlier. Here's some of the matches that we have listed thus far. Uh, mind you, they are definitely adding more. Uh, in a tag team match, the East Coast Ace. The clout cutter, Jordan Oliver, tagging with his partner, All Elite Nick Wayne, to take on Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. Ooh. Ooh. That will be something special. Next up in a singles match, we're going to have Detroit's own Alex Shelley going one-on-one with All Heart, a.k.a. the best in the fucking world, Blake Christian. That could be match of the weekend. Next up. In a singles match, and I'm sure that this is going to get a little hardcore and extreme, ladies and gentlemen. Charlie Evans will go one-on-one with Sawyer Wreck. Oh, that's going to be awesome. And so far, only last name named is in the main event of the evening. With the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships on the line, it will be a five-way tag team. All games. That is right. As the Briscoes, your reigning, defending, undisputed Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions will defend the titles against Alex Colon and John Wayne Murdoch, Bussy, which is made up of Ali Catch and Effie, Los Macisos of Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, and last but certainly not least, the Second Gear Crew, Mance Warner and Matthew Fucking Justice. There has yet to be the exacts of how this War Games is going to be handled, but I am here for it. We we saw the Extreme War Games last year, and it was amazing. I know it's going to be amazing again this year. Ken, your thoughts? I'm actually going to defer to Pad because, Pad, visualize this. Mm-hmm. You know the Briscoes. Yes. I've shown you footage of Second Gear Crew. Yes. Three other teams are going to be in there in an Extreme War Games match. How is this grabbing you? Uh, if that those if those two uh, cages are left standing by the end of it, I'll be fucking amazed. Yes, I'm, it's, it's going to be insane. I'm with them on this. I mean, this is absolutely great, and especially like for Pat, who's not seen that much of GCW. That for us that have been watching since almost day one, you'd say this is going to be such a fantastic match. I don't know what they're planning on doing. I'm just expecting a lot of broken light tubes, a lot of barbed wire, a lot of just wild shit going on, 
And I don't know who's going to come out of this with the belts. I really don't. I don't either, but I know the fans are going to win big time. Yes. Last year's uh, Art of War Games was an amazing match, and I think this one's going to top it. Yeah, I agree too. Next up on Sunday at noon, also from Hoffman Estates, Illinois, at the Grand Sports Arena, we get at noon Eastern time, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. This is something that we love every year. Effie invites all the uh, you know wonderful LGBTQ plus uh, performers to come and have great matches. They're also serving brunch for real this time. Uh, oh, really? The menu was released. That's amazing. Uh, so you know, there's there's some uh, there's some the bussy over uh, bussy over biscuits. Okay. Uh, there was there, there's a bunch. Uh, the eggies are fine. Oh, nice. Ah, you like how that works? Yes. Uh, there's a couple other ones. It, it, trust me, it's, it's looking pretty cool. But the card is also looking solid. Are you ready? Uh, the first match, though, does not have the con- contestants uh, listed yet because it is the gayest tag gauntlet match of all time. <laughs> and they have not listed the teams yet, but I can promise you that gauntlet is spelled G-A-Y-N-T-L-E-T. So the gayest tag gauntlet match will be on this show. Okay. Uh, next up, we will have Ashton Starr versus Sandra Moon. Nice. Uh, Devin Monroe versus Jai Vidal. Okay. This match is going to be very interesting because a lot of people are now uh, getting to jump on the Kid Bandit bag wagon, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Kid Bandit's done a lot of nice things, very talented in the ring. Well, Kid Bandit's, you know, as we know, one of the up-and-coming transsexual performers. Mm-hmm. However, her work is cut out for her because... She gets to take on the twink killer, the big daddy, Pero. Oh, wow. That's going to be a phenomenal match. You know, he won daddy of daddies uh-huh. when he beat Effie at a few gay brunches ago. And yeah. he does call himself the twink killer. Just yeah. saying. Uh, next up in a three-way match that's going to fucking tear the house down, the priestess of the church of pro wrestling, Dark Sheik, will take on Ali Catch, and of course your reigning Reina de Reina's champion down in AAA, uh, La Huera Loca, Taya Valkyrie. That might be match of the weekend. It's going to be up in the contendership. I Wow. That's going to be a phenomenal match. match. Oh, my God, yeah. And, of course, you know, Effie's got to be. Daddy has to be at the show. If Daddy's not on his own show, there's something going on and it's wrong. But Daddy is on the show, and Daddy will be going one-on-one with a very, very uh, able competitor as he's taking on Max the Impaler. Oh, shit. So this is going to be a a nice little violent uh, brunch. Yeah, my God, yes. Uh, I'm looking at Effie's Big Gay Brunch going, if you're not watching it, I don't know what the fuck you're watching at noon on Sunday. That is such a loaded card, man. That's such a loaded card. Yeah, uh, I know, Pat, you don't watch a lot of the indies. No. But I would say this is a fun one to watch. It's always a fun one. Like I said, it's awesome that Effie uses his influence and his uh, celebrity, if you will, to help out and put a bunch of talented LGBTQ plus athletes out there. And, of course, a few allies like Taya Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. Uh, That three-way is going to be possibly match of the weekend. And that counts the WWE and AEW shows as well. Exactly. No, that's top of the three, three best women's performers in the world today. Facts. You know, Dark Sheik's a legend. Allie Catch, what can you say bad about her? And then, of course, Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. (laughs) There's a reason she's, you know, money. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, we're going to kick it on over to talk about something WWE adjacent. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, is NXT. Because coming up this weekend, uh, we have NXT Worlds Collide, where NXT will go up against NXT UK. As we found out, NXT UK is going to be folding right. and becoming NXT Europe. Yep. Now, 
Interesting point. Padawan Jay, you sent me something the other day that was very interesting. Basically, what it said is that the reason they're doing this is because of Brexit. Mm -hmm. It is harder for the European talent to come into England now. So by doing NXT Europe, they can do shows from Germany and Spain and everywhere else. And it's easier for the English wrestlers to make those dates than it is for some of those other wrestlers to make it into uh, England. Yep. What did you think about that? I thought it was an interesting, you know, point of what it might be the actual reason. Just because, I, you know, while I never watched NXT UK, I never heard anything bad about it. I heard the shows were fine. You know, never heard anything about, oh, it's going down in attendance. It's going down in this and that. Obviously, they had the pandemic, but who wasn't affected by the pandemic? Right. You know, so, but once I read this, I'm like, you know, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because Brexit, a fluid situation, a lot of stuff changing. That would make a lot of sense that like before where, you know, the UK was a part of the European Union and it's easy to travel in between the two, you know, changing that from, oh, you have to have a passport, you have to have a visa and you have to have all this other stuff. I read that, I'm like, no, that, you know what? If that's the case, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. So uh, we don't know all the things going on. We do know two matches are set in stone. But we also know one that's going to happen, and it's, there's implications for that tonight on NXT. Because tonight on NXT, as we record, because we're recording on a Tuesday, uh, Diamond Mine will d- uh, take on Gallus. So the Kree brothers against Gallus in a six, uh, but it's going to be a six-man tag. So they're adding in members. But with that being said, the other six-man tag this night will be Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, who are your NXT UK champions. Of course, the Diamond Mines, your NXT tag team champions. They're going to team with uh, Fallon Henley. Uh, to take on Pretty Deadly and Last Legend tonight. I'm fully expecting, because we're combining these belts, mm-hmm. that at the pay-per-view it will be the Kree brothers representing Diamond Mind, your NXT champions, tag champions, yep. taking on Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, your NXT UK champions. Thoughts about that match? Kenneth? I'm down for it. I think that's going to be a great match if they make it, and I think they're stacking this card you know, pretty solid so far. I can agree with that. How do you feel about the match? Hey, Worlds Collide is flying under the radar a little bit, partially because it's NXT. Not everyone mm-hmm. watches. Not everyone watches NXT. But you look at the matches on paper for what they're building to, and there's some real potential for some great matches. Of course, there's going to be other things meant, uh, happening tonight as we record. So forgive us if we're not breaking it all down. The only other two matches listed as of right now. Uh, obviously, we know Carmelo Hayes is going to be doing something because he keeps putting it out there. Yeah. But the two matches that are set in stone currently, there will be a triple threat match to unify the NXT. Women's Championship and NXT UK Women's Champion. Your NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose, representing Toxic Attraction, will uh, defend slash go against Miko Satomura, a legend who is your NXT UK Women's Champion. She is going to be defending as well, obviously. And, of course, Blair Davenport, formerly known as B Priestley, will be also in this match. So B Priestley, coming in with no belts, could walk out as the unified NXT Women's World Champion. How do you guys think about this legendary fucking match? It's going to be a possible match of the year candidate. You know, I think there's a lot of potential and some great stuff for this. And I wouldn't be surprised if it, if the two title holders walk out empty-handed. Uh, they look like they're pushing uh, one Blair Davenport, so that could be correct. I'm excited for this match. Like I say, the build for this has been very low-key, but... What Mandy Rose has been doing with the women's title in NXT has been phenomenal work. And I'm not down that Blair sneaks both belts away from him. Like, this is a huge test for her as well. I want to be a greedy fan here. This last week on NXT was the first time we've seen Miko Satomura in the United States, yes. which is fucking awesome. Uh, in a long time. She's been here before, but in a long time. She is at Worlds Collide from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. You know, or whatever they're calling it now. The uh, oh, the CWC or yeah, whatever. Yeah, CWC. It is. Yeah. So, with that being said, I just hope she wins because I want to see a lot more Miko Satomura. Yeah, I would love to see her. 
on a regular basis. I mean, it just legend all, is barely tipping the yeah, it, exactly. It's not even fully breaking down how amazing she is and her legacy. I tell you what, I mean, I would be totally down for it if they did, and and especially if they want to do something where she made an appearance on Raw or SmackDown, I would mark out like a madman. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to see a lot of those matchups. And, of course, the only other real set-in-stone match as of right now when we're recording is a singles match to unify the NXT Championship and the NXT United Kingdom uh, Championship. Of course, your NXT champion, Braun Breaker, defending his belt against Tyler Bate, who is the NXT UK champion, defending his belt. Only one man, you know, both men are coming in with respect, they said. But only one man's walking out with the gold. Uh, Tyler Bate's looking pretty good. Tyler Bate could get this upset. However... Sometimes you got to feed the beast, and Braun Breaker's looking super good out there. Uh, thoughts on this match starting with you, Pad? I think this might be the one where Braun Breaker finally loses. You know, it's always been the question of who's going to do it, how, when are they going to do it. I think this might be it, and I think Tyler Bate might be the one. Now, does that mean, you know, Braun Breaker gets the call up? I don't necessarily think so. I think he might have one more run, a couple more chances to get the title mm-hmm. back before he goes up, because that seems to be what they've been doing the last couple of years. You know, when right before the title bell holder gets called up as he tries a couple more times unsuccessfully gets it but i think tyler bate might emerge victorious out of this you know what blows my mind is how young tyler bate is yeah because i it was his nickname the big strong boy yes the big strong boy yeah this He's 25 yeah but just the thing when he won the the title from pete dunn way back when in the inaugural uh, uk tur- attorney there 20 years old yeah to see the evolution of him has just been you know absolutely phenomenal and to see now him in this spotlight, I'm not down he beats Braun Breaker, to be honest with you. I'm really not. Like I think he's been poised to make that big break. Obviously, he's done with Mustache Mountain. This is the time to do it if they're going to do it, so I'm, I'm pulling for him. I'm going to agree with Pad, and I'm going to think that this is the time that maybe Braun slips on that banana peel because I can't think that in a Triple H-ran WWE, they don't have a spot for that big man right. up on the uh, the roster. He's ready. He's ready made for that, and I can't wait to see him up there. So with that being said, I think that he's going to lose. I think that Tyler Bate is a great mm-hmm. champion to kick it off, and we can get some really cool things. Uh, once again, Carmelo Hayes is teasing who does he fight at this. I hope that he has a match. I also think that uh, Carmelo Hayes will not be long for being in NXT either way. No. Because I think he's going to be coming up to the main roster as well. He's super talented. He's ready to go. So I I think that this is going to be a good – not only is this going to be a good – Mixture bringing in some of the NXT UK talents that have been now that they have brought over to the United States right. for, for NXT. But I think this is also going to be a great moment for some of those NXT talents that are ready to take that next step to start taking that next step to Raw or SmackDown. And, you know, we're coming in on it. So I think that that's going to be really good for them. Mm. With that being said, that will be the end of the mid card. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, it will be time for the main event of 607 TWS. We will be breaking down WWE Clash at the castle, and more importantly, we'll be breaking down AEW's All Out when we come back, because that is why this is the biggest wrestling weekend in probably 20 years. All that and more when we come back from our final break.
For the main event of this week's edition of 607TWS, talking all pro wrestling. And you know what? I've been saying it since the start of the show. I'm going to say it again. This legitimately is the biggest weekend in wrestling since probably the year 2000, 2001, even though it probably has got to go back further than that because these are bigger shows than the dying WCW. Mm, it's uh, a fair statement. This is the first time we've seen the two major North American wrestling companies going not head to head because one's on Saturday, one's on Sunday to be fair. Right. But with two big pay-per-views or premium live events in the case of WWE, but still it's pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't care. You can call it whatever the fuck you want, but it's a pay-per-view. Right. So with that being said, are you ready to break down WWE's Clash of the Castle followed by All Elite Wrestling's all out. Let's do this. All right. We're going to start with Clash of the Castle because obviously that comes up first because it will be live from Cardiff, Wales at the Principality Stadium, formerly known as Wembley Stadium. Uh, it's just different. Uh, what's the uh, word? I'm about? Sponsorship. Sponsorship. Yes. Uh, this, that's, of course, Saturday, September 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the States. I don't know what that transfers over to in England, but... Uh, at least it's at, at least it's a decent time. It's at least so I think England's about six uh, five six hours ahead, so it's going to be about six or seven o'clock at night. Oh, okay, that's good. That's yeah. good because yeah. I was hoping that it wasn't going to be too late for them. And think about it; it's not really that early for us. One PM is pretty good. Well, yeah. and, and I know that was one of the things I was reading. Dave Meltzer brought up that like they thought about that they had to keep in mind not only for the U.S. time but also the U.K. time because of like noise ordinances and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's very wise, and I, I'm glad that they did that because like I said, one PM is a little early for nor- for most premium live events, but still. It's a lot better than doing it, you know, obviously on the West Coast, unfortunately for you guys, it's 11 a.m., but, you know, for the rest of us, yeah, it's a little yeah. better. Here we go. Shall we break it down? Yes. Let's start with a tag team matchup as Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio in their corner will take on the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley in their corner. Padawan Jay, you can go first. Uh, who do you got winning and why? Uh, I think it's going to be the Judgment Day, but not because of anything they do. I think it's going to be Dominic Mysterio costing his father and Edge the win. If you think back to Monday Night Raw, if you saw it, if you didn't, you had a little in, in-ring brawl between the two factions, you know, Judgment Day and then Edge and, and uh, Ray and Dominic. Dominic got face-to-face with his, his uh, quote-unquote poppy, you know, uh, Rhea Ripley, mm-hmm. and Rhea had him hooked like a fish on a fishing pole. He had a kendo stick. He was ready to swing it, and she's talking him down, and he, she gets him to actually lower the kendo stick and takes it out of his hand. So I think he, there's been that tease of the heel turn, turning on his father that they've been doing for weeks. I think we might finally get that here. Ken, who you got? Judgment Day, because it's about damn time that they turn Dominic heel. They got to separate him from Ray at this stage. I'm sorry. that The story has played its part, and obviously the weird uh, setup that they've been doing with, uh, you know, him, like, giving the kendo stick to Rhea, like I said. Like, I, I, like I thought that was kind of weird, because especially I think it tipped off too much, mm-hmm. especially this close to the paper, because Rhea's been beating the snot out of him the past couple weeks. I think that this is going to be the time where he joins Judgment Day, and I think that's a good move for him. I'm not the biggest fan of him because I think he's still too young for the main roster, in my opinion. I think him in NXT would have been a lot better. But if they're going to do it, I think this would be a perfect time to do it. I'm going to make this a trifecta. I also think that Judgment Day is going to win, and I do hope that they finally turn Dominic Mysterio heel because he could use it. Uh, Next up, hey, this is not a typo. 
for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. That's right. It's being defended on a pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. hey happy days hey. are here again, everybody. <laughs> Belts have meanings, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So your champion, Gunther, with Ludwig Kaiser in his corner, will take on Sheamus with the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland, and Butch in his corner. By the way, Butch was cited at the SmackDown taping, because remember they taped SmackDown this week, mm-hmm. in his bruiserweight gear. Mm-hmm. So maybe he is back to being Pete Dunne, but they list him as Butch as of right now, so we don't know. Ken M, we're going to start with you this time. Who you got winning and why for the Intercontinental Championship? Uh, whoever makes my mouth guard because I'm going to have to watch it at home because it's going to be that hard hitting and I'm expecting a lot of teeth to be flying. No, this one, ah, I tell you what, I I could see Sheamus winning, but I'm going to say Gunther gets the big win here. You know what? I'm going to say this. This is going to be the definition of two brawlers beating the shit out of each other. This is this is his strongest. This is going to be a brutal match. But I'm going to go on the opposite. Remember, the only belt that Sheamus has never held, the WWE Intercontinental Champion. He is from Ireland, which is part of the UK. So I'm going to say the hometown boy is going to pick up that W, become Intercontinental Champion, and new with Sheamus. That's just my take. And Padawan Jay. This match is not going to be for the faint of heart. Uh, this is going to be hard-hitting. Teeth might go flying out of this match. That said, I think it's going to be end up being Gunther, you know, but, it, but it's going to be close. I'll say this, though. No matter what, this is going to be one of the best matches of the weekend. I do believe this is going to be awesome. Do you yeah. think this will be hard, more hard-hitting than Dragunov, Gunther? Ooh. I mean, it's going to be close. I don't know it's if it's going to top close. it, but I don't think it's going to top it as a match. But yeah. I, think, no. I think that it's going to be very good. People really underestimate Sheamus and how good he it, technically is. So. I fully agree with I've, that statement. I've seen the man in person. He is huge. Well, not just that, but, I mean, he is good in the ring. People keep forgetting about that. And this is going to be a very hard-hitting fight. They have similar power movesets. I think it's going to be a really good match. I do not think it's going to be Dragunov, uh, Gunther, or Walter, if you will, match level. No. But I still think it's going to be very good. I think this is something that some people are sleeping on, though, and they shouldn't be. I agree. Uh, Next up, we have a singles match, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Matt Riddle. Yes, that's right. Matt Riddle goes one-on-one against Seth freaking Rollins. This is the match we all said, hey, we weren't interested in, but that all changed on Monday night. Now I, I'll get, I'll, stay, I'll kick it off as we go to the round robin. Man, I'm into this match, and honestly, there's going to be a lot of people out there that say that Seth Rollins has to win this match, but I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Seth Rollins doesn't have to win shit. No. Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins. He could lose every single match. He's still one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he still is going to make somebody look like a million bucks. With that being said, though, uh, there's a lot of things that this match depends on, what they want to do with Riddle going forward, what they want to do with Rollins going forward. But I am going to say this Seth Rollins is going to pull off the victory, probably by nefarious means, but he's going to pull off the victory nonetheless. Padawan Jay. I'm going to go with Matt Riddle. I, I Before I thought Rollins was going to win, and I thought it was a shoo-in, but then the whole bit last night after the quote-unquote cameras were turned off, but the mics were still live. I, I think that's going to be that, that tip the hand a little bit that like, oh, it's going to light a fire under Riddle that like he's been kind of getting uh, the underhanded by Rollins and Rollins been getting the upper hand on him. You know that he's like, it's going to light a fire under him and he, and he might get the win. But that fire could lead to mistakes. I just want to point that out. There could it's be true. mind games from the ultimate mind game player. Uh, Ken M, who do you got? Do we have an idea when Randy Orton's due back? I have zero clue. Not till next year. I heard he's out. Oh, okay. So it's the next year. Okay. It's I a heard, long I, term. I heard it's out through, he's out through at least the end of the year. Okay. So that being said, that kind of plays into where I was going with because I, I wasn't sure the latest because I just kind of lost track with him. This is going to be riddles to win. Uh, or no, actually, uh, let me phrase it. This should be riddles to win, 
but I think they're going to extend this feud with Seth a little bit longer. So I think Seth wins via some kind of cheating method. So next time they face each other at the next pay-per-view, it will be a gimmick match of some sort. Sounds good. Next up, we have a six-woman tag team match as your Raw Women's Champion, Bianca, or yeah, Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair is tagging with Alexa Bliss and Asuka to take on your role model, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. This match has got some great things written all over it. Padawan Jay, who do you got and why? This match is going to be awesome just because all six of these women are fantastic in the ring. This is going to be one of the better matches of the card, I would say. And I'm going to go with uh, Bianca and her and her crew. That you know, because Bailey and and Io and Dakota have been getting the upper hand. They've been kind of running roughshod over the women's division. But I think it's time that the uh, faces finally get one back. Right on, right on, Ken M. Your choice. Team Bailey all day. I think that now with them on the main roster, not that they need the win per se, but I think to really make an establishment of why this faction is going to be so important in the next couple months, I think they're going to get the W here. I am going to say this. I think Bianca Belair is going to get distracted. Bailey is going to get the roll up. Mm. Bailey is actually going to pin Bianca Belair for a win for Team Bailey, but more importantly, setting up that one-on-one for the WWE Raw Women's Championship down the road. Next up, speaking of women's championships, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Your champion, Liv Morgan, defending against the queen of Diesel's heart, Shayna Baszler. (laughs) Uh, Ken M, who do you got walking out of Cardiff with the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship? Liv has to win. No question about it. If you're going to obviously have that rematch with Ronda down the road, Liv has to look like she can hang with an MMA fighter. Shayna is an MMA fighter. I think this will be a very good match. Uh, but I could also see Shayna winning. Like, this will be another one that the ref botches something up and misses, like, Liv is tapping, but she, but Shayna gets pinned too. Because I could see this actually becoming a three-way hmm. down the road, maybe a Survivor Series, depending on how long they want to stretch it out for. Sure. Because I could see Shayna ultimately getting the upper hand on Ronda and setting up for that feud. But for this way, I'm going to say... I'm going to take Liv because I think she needs to win more. So I'm going to go on a limb and say this. This is not going to be a competitive match. I think what they're doing with Liv Morgan, I know some people don't like it, but I think that they're doing genius work with her right now. The fact of the matter is, what are you going to do after she was champion? It was great. Everybody got behind it, but she's not convincing to beat some of the people in the division. So how do you do? You go almost the Mikey Whipwreck style, but in a heel style. The crowd is turned against her. That is fine. Mm -hmm. So now we are at Cardiff. It is her and Shayna. Shayna is going to dominate this match. And I think... I think how this is going to play out is that it's going to look like the referee is going to make a mistake. Ronda Rousey will make an appearance and Ronda will inadvertently cost Shane of the match. Ronda is mm. going to try to point something out to the referee. Shane is going to be a little distracted and they're going to give the little quick, win, you know, roll up or whatever win to Liv Morgan. So she still comes out as champion, mm. but that starts to sow the seeds of Ronda and Shayna down the line because it won't be long before Ronda gets that belt back. And I do really think that they're going for a Ronda Shayna yes. uh, a match down the line, include maybe for a big pay-per-view like Royal Rumble or possibly even WrestleMania, in my opinion. Now, if they want to go the other way, they could have Shayna win the belt, but I think that there's a little more mileage they can get out of this like underdog champion who just keeps getting lucky uh, because of poor ref decisions or distractions. 
Uh, Pad, what's your choice? Uh, I think it's going to be Liv. Like Ken, Liv needs this win. I think she'll handle. She'll be better in the ring with uh, Shayna because there's been footage WWE has been putting out. You know, quote unquote training with Matt Riddle uh, in, in some MMA stuff. So I think she'll look a little bit better in terms of that. Um, but I think I think again she's going to win through. I don't want to say nefarious reasons, but through like. Not exactly above board reasons. Happenstance. Happenstance. Yeah. I, like the, I like it. Happenstance. Whether it's Ronda running in or another ref issue, something's going to happen where Liv shouldn't win, but she does anyway. I'm sure we're going to get a couple more matches added to this card, but there's only one more officially listed, and that is for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Your champion, the big dog, the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns defending against... Uh, the UK's own Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Of course, Paul Heyman will be in the corner of Roman Reigns as always. And with that being said, uh, you know, this is an interesting match. And uh, the reason I say that is because I can see this match going either way. I can see WWE uh, getting the huge pop in the UK, giving Drew Mack the title, taking it off of Roman, and then giving him and seeing what he can do in front of an audience. I think that that would have been the plan, especially if Vince was still in office. Mm-hmm. However, what I think they should do doesn't mean they'll do it. But what I think and how I'm voting is that Roman should retain in a good match. Very competitive. We know he can do those. We've seen them before. Because I think we need to have Roman retain until WrestleMania. I think that uh, Cody Rhodes, all Rhodes, <laughs> pun intended, are pointing to the fact that he will be back in time for either Survivor Series, but at the latest for Royal Rumble, he wins the Royal Rumble, he goes to WrestleMania, and he defeats the Unslayable Dragon. I think that that's how you have to do it. You have to have your top baby face, which they have poised Cody there, and especially after that injury and wor- you know working with that injury, it has made him almost a godlike face in WWE, and you're going to need that godlike face to take on the unbeatable uh, champion, which is Roman Reigns. And I also think that it'll make his, still solidifying his title run as the greatest in the modern era. Uh, once again, I'm not tired of seeing Roman as champion. I know some people are. I'm not because I think that this dominant title reign has been fucking awesome and I'm not quite ready for it to end. So I think WrestleMania would be the perfect time. I think it would be the perfect opponent would be uh, Cody Rhodes. And I think that that was probably the original plan for SummerSlam. But now let's extend it out to, to WrestleMania and still get that same result. I think Triple H would be on board for that. I, like I said, if Vince was booking, I think Drew Mack was definitely slated in to win just for the cheap pop alone. Yeah. However, Triple H might still make that decision. But I really do think it's going to be Roman and hopefully carrying this on longer. Padawan Jay, what's your thoughts? Getting getting the pop for Drew would be awesome, especially, you know, home country, all that. But I think it's I think it's going to be Roman. I think, you know, like you doing dropping the belt here while it would make sense. Long term booking. I don't think it does. I agree with you. I think, you know, Cody's going to be the one to eventually dethrone him at WrestleMania. So I think it's going to be another continued uh, title reign for Roman. And I. I wish he would be more participatory. You know, I know he's taken some time off. He's not as active as he was, but hey, I understand it. But in terms of the in-ring stuff, you know, once the bell goes, I'm not tired of seeing it. I I love seeing it. You know, I'm not like, all right, let's just get this over with. Let's get it finished with. No, I still want to see it. I'm I'm still in for it. Can M? It's Drew McIntyre's time and new. And plus, I just want to see him face carrying across. I'm being selfish about this. 
I mean, but we can still get Karrion Cross versus Roman. Well, yeah, you, you, we, we could have that, sure. But I think it would be much more stakes for Drew Mack to get the belt and let him run with it because I think the first time he won the belt, obviously there wasn't fans at the PC because of COVID and such, and we and like it's understandable. Now is the time to give him that moment, get the time in front of the fans, and see what he can do with it, and then plus – Roman just cleared the two-year mark. If you want to extend it, I'm not going to be mad about it. I don't want to say that because Roman has been absolutely phenomenal. But if he's taking time off to do some other movie things or whatever, this is a perfect time to do it, and then Roman can just come back, and then he'll get the belt, and then you can still set up him and Cody at uh, Mania. Yeah. I, I just think it would be cool to have that uninterrupted run sure, and finally have the big slayer. But with that being said, we'll find out this Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, on the Peacock, cock, cock, the, the Peacock, peacock. because, uh, of course, that's where that will all be going down. So – now let's switch gears. Let's talk about Sunday. All Elite Wrestling presents All Out 2022 on Sunday, September 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Now Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen, if, by the way, if you're in the Chicagoland area, uh, last I checked there was $1 tickets to AEW Dynamite uh, tomorrow as we record on Tuesday. And so more than one ticket. And uh, so I would say, you know, there's some there's also some 3 and $4 tickets. Make sure you scoop those up and be in attendance. You're not going to want to miss it. But uh, as far as the pay-per-view, tickets are still at least minimum of $50. So with that being said, let's talk about the card uh, that we have announced so far. Obviously, we will save our speculation in the world title match for the end because that would be the the main event anyways by the way you can watch all eight wrestlings all out this sunday in the united states on br live or through traditional pay-per-view or by going to certain theaters certain theaters will be showing it on the big screen now with that being said if you're international you get to watch it on fight tv you lucky sons of bitches <laughs> so for our international listeners you are lucky so are you ready to break this card down gentlemen absolutely yes. let's start with this match your uh, IWGP and Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, FTR, also the uh, AAA World Tag Team Champions, I forgot those belts, will be tagging with the TN, the AEW TNT champion, Wardlow, to take on the team of Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, making a surprise appearance. Uh, let's start this off with Ken this time. Ken. How do you feel about this match? Who's your pick to win and why? Love this match. I uh, wish it was not on the pay-per-view, though. Uh, but if I can get the Motor City Machine Guns versus FTR, I will take that any day. That said, this could be Team Pinnacle all day. And I think that since the Motor City Machine Guns, at least to my knowledge, have not signed a permanent contract, this is going to be a nice, fun match to kick off the show. But I think overall, for storyline purposes, it's, it's Pinnacle all day. I'm going Team Pinnacle. Not only on top of that, I'm going to say this will be a great match. I think it's going to be a very fun six-way. Yes. I think everybody is going to be dialed in. I think a lot of them have a lot to prove because uh, for whatever reason, FTR isn't getting the World Tag Team title shot. For whatever reason, Wardlow's not defending his TNT title. For whatever reason, Jay Lethal isn't getting a shot at the Ring of Honor title or some other title. And for whatever reason, we're just bringing in the Motor City Machine Guns for this, which is awesome. Mm. I think that everybody in this match has something to prove, whether it's for a contract with Machine Guns, if that's what they want, whether it's for Jay Lethal saying, hey, why are you over Overlooking me as well as FTR and Wardlow, in my opinion, I think these guys are going to kill the house. This is going to be one of the best night matches of the night. But I got Wardlow and FTR coming out. Pad, I'm going the same way. This is going to if they op- decide to open the card with this, it's a great way to open the card. It's going to be a hot start. The crowd's going to be super into it. But for everything, everything Ken said, it, it, you know, it just doesn't make sense to have Jay Lethal and Motor City Machine Guns win this. I think Wardlow, FTR, all day. Absolutely. Next match on the card, it is Team Taz Explodes. 
as uh, Ricky Starks will be going one-on-one with Powerhouse Hobbs. You know what? These two have impressed me a lot more over the years of uh, them being signed in AEW. I am uh, very uh, – I'm intrigued by this match. I think this will be a good match. At the end of the day, if Ricky Starks doesn't win, what the fuck are they doing? And I'm nothing against Powerhouse Hobbs. I just think Ricky Starks is ready to have that explosion. I think he's ready to be pushed to the fucking moon. So I think Ricky Starks – this is a must-win for Ricky Starks. Although it will be competitive, Powerhouse Hobbs is going to come out come out looking like a monster, which he needs to come out looking like a monster. But I think Ricky needs it a little bit more, in my opinion. Padawan J. Uh, Ricky Starks, because reasons. Absolutely. And, of course, last but certainly last, Ken M. Ricky Starks, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I agree with all your points because you're exactly right in what I would love to see come out of this. And I don't even care about, like, how they want to set this up. I need to see Ricky Starks versus Wardlow for the TNT title. Like, let them have a program. Not just a one-off. Let them have a program, and let's see what they got. Well, next up, uh, we have as listed a casino ladder match for a future AEW World Title shot. I don't see anybody listed on the press release here. No, no, yeah, they haven't announced anybody. But they usually do. It's like a money in the bank situation. Of course, whoever can grab yep. the brass ring or the chip, depending upon which one they're using this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, uh, you will get a shot, at, a future shot at an AEW World Title, which it always seems to be like two weeks after the pay per view. I've never understood that. I think they should do money in the bank rolls, in my opinion. I do not know who could be in this match. We can start speculating. Ken M's shaking his head over here, so I think you have some in mind, obviously. Oh, Jesus Christ. It just came to me. Punk's winning this. He'll cash in at the end of the night. Oh, Jesus Christ. But that's if they do a cash, and they've never done that before. They've always done First time for everything. True, true. It'll be that time. Well, Doug, you know what they'll do? He'll win, and he'll say, I know we usually do this where it's a couple weeks out, but nah, screw that. I'm doing it tonight. Yeah. This could be interesting. I don't know. I hope I, I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. It just hit me now. Well, we'll tune in on uh, Wednesday for Dynamite to get exactly who's going to be in this match because here we are four days out with no announcement of who's in this match. I will say this, though. If it's not Punk, and let's hope it's not, I'm going to say it's going to be somebody they're bringing in. Maybe a Will Osprey. Hmm, could be. Like uh, just to throw a curveball could to everybody. Be. Could be. Uh, depending upon what happens in that trios tournament for now. Or who makes it? Let's just say Omega and the Bucks don't make it to the finals. It could be Omega. There's there's some interesting right. <laughs> there's some interesting stuff they can do. Will they do it? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, next up we have the AEW Interim Women's World Championship match. Of course, uh, Thunder Rosa had to surrender the. Well, she didn't surrender the title. She's still the champion. So they create an interim. I fucking hate the interim titles. Mm-hmm. I hate them in UFC. Hate them in AEW. So I'm consistent. But anyways, for the interim title, we have a four-way dance. Tony Storm versus Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. Jamie Hayter and former AEW World Champion Hakuro Shida. I guess that uh, Padawan J, you get to go first. Who do you think's walking out champ? I want to say Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, I, well, I don't watch AEW regularly. It's just from what I see online and some of the temp in the room I see, she seems to be the only one that gets a reaction out of folks when she's when she's been champion. You know, I know I realize Tony Storm I don't think has been champion yet of, of not much, in AEW. You know, but in terms of like the reaction online, people were excited to see her, and then it's kind of cooled off. I think it's going to end up being Britt Baker DMD just because she seems to be the only one of those four that gets a reaction and and brings up the temp in the room consistently. Ken M. Just for chaos purposes, I'd love to see Jamie Hayter win because nobody is picking, as far as I've heard, anybody's picking her to win. But what I think is going to happen is it's going to be Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm was going to win over Thunder Rosa anyway, so this now sets up for that match. So whenever Rosa's ready to come back, it's going to be Tony Storm's time. I got to be honest with you, the money, the smart bet as far as the company should go, 
for bigger. Oh, yeah. Get the belt back on the face. This is the time to do it. It's the interim bell. When Thunder Rosa comes back, we know we've heard some things about her liking to yell at people in the back, I guess, and not be exactly the best worker. Uh, Dark Sheik even kind of threw something out mm. there. Uh, a little extra on the dirt on the mm. burial. Dark Sheik's been doing that lately, but said, oh, it's a surprise that that person does that on TV as well. So I guess that's something yeah, that Thunder Rosa is known to do crazy that stuff we didn't know true, about prior, yeah. if true. Uh, you know, smoke, there's fire, I guess, maybe. But if, if that's the case, if that any of that is true at all, I think you move the belt to Britt Baker, and then we can move the title back on the face of the women's division of your company, and let's go from there, in my opinion. No, it works. Next up, and Ken M, you'll get to pick first on this one, AEW World Trios Championship Tournament Finals. Who do you got in the finals? Who do you think is going to walk out as the trios champion? Well, on Dark, or I mean uh, Rampage, uh, Dark Order beat the House of Black. Which was an upset victory of the year. Yes, uh, because obviously I think they're going to be doing House of Black versus uh, Miro, Darby, and Sting somewhere on the show. So that being said, I think it's going to come down to the the Dark Order versus the Elite, and the Dark Order is going to win because Hangman Adam Page is going to interfere and cost them the match. Really? I th- I'm going to say it right now. Dark Order wins this thing. I'm going to say this. The Dark Order should win this thing, being the fact that that would be the surprise thing to do because everybody has already crowned the Elite as the champions. However, in the past, Tony Khan has shown that he doesn't like to go off the reservation too much. So I have no faith in it. I think that the until proven otherwise, I think the Elite's walking out. I think that's the wrong decision here, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Uh, Pad? Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be elite, the Elite versus the Dark Order in the finals. And then I think because of reasons uh one of the guys in dark order won't be able to go because of injury or whatever they want to write in for storyline purposes and then who did they insert hangman adam page and then you have them win the the trios titles i like that idea i like that thought i hope that happens i hope both of you gentlemen are right and i'm wrong unfortunately a lot of times tony khan doesn't throw those curveballs in i think he should and uh if if hangman page should end up in this match by the way he really should because i think that would be a perfect storytelling moment Next up, we have uh, the AEW TBS Championship match. Your champion, Jade Cargill, will be defending against Athena. This match, talk about a slow build. Yeah. That has been teased for months since Athena came to AEW. Uh, Here's the thing. Right now, Jade Cargill's on one hell of an undefeated streak. Uh, She's still a little bit green, but the the upside on her is tremendous. I think she's going to be one of the best women's wrestlers in the world down the road. Uh, and I think she's a force to be reckoned with now. And she really takes it seriously, and she's really doing great things. However, I'm going to say this. I think this is the time for her to get her first loss so we can start getting more uh, uh, miles on the tires for Jade and, and really start elevating her to where she needs to be. And I think that she can't do that necessarily right now with the TBS title because it's not allowing her to have that great feud that she hasn't had yet. Athena is the veteran. You brought her in. You obviously signed her for some money, so why not just give her the belt? And now we can have Jade doing other things and really, you know, polishing uh, the rough edges into becoming the future AEW World's Women's Champion in face of that company's winning division, in my opinion, unless WWE steals her. Padawan, Jay, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'll be honest. Up until she won the title, you know, I, re- I realized Jade Carr was in the mix for it. I know she won the belt, but after that, could not tell you what she has done with it since. You know, nothing really memorable. Nothing sticks out for me. Now, granted, I realize I don't watch AEW, but just from perusing the internet and perusing Reddit, couldn't tell you what she does. 
so I think that being said, it's nothing against her. She's a fine wrestler. She's got, like you guys said, she's got all the upside in the world. But I think it's time to take the belt off of her, give her a loss, give it to Athena, and let her run with it and see where we can go from there. And here's the thing. and Just agreeing with you just because you have watched, she's just on the Goldberg jobber run. Let's be honest. She's on the Goldberg low-card or no-name jobber run. Sure. That Goldberg was on when he had his undefeated streak, which is fine. I don't, I don't. I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying that this is a good time to move the belt off of her, so that way we can get her in some storyline with some some other people and start polishing the edges, get her better on the microphone. She's good, but she's not. She, you know, there's some rough edges. Also, the same in the ring. I think the best way to do that is without being hampered by a title belt. That's just me. Ken M. Thoughts. Jade retains because what I feel they're going to do is. After the four-way for the women's belt, Britt Baker's going to switch her attention to the TNT t- or TBS title. Hmm. Interesting. It, what do you think they're trying to build it up? Like it's like like how they try to make the, like the TNT and the world title are similar? Yep. And I think that it's going to be like, well, if I can't get the TNT title, I, I, I deserve to be a champion. I'm going to go after this. Jade comes up. She's like, no, you were the past. I'm the future. You can build off that. And you can set up that match for full gear. Because I think for right now, I, like granted, I would have no problem with Athena winning. But I think there's no storyline to be built, so it's like, okay, if you if you plug her in and and she becomes champion, like, is it really going to be that big of a payout to the fans? I agree with you that I think that Jade should drop the belt and then start moving on to bigger things. But I think at the same time, you got to do something else here. Agreed. Okay. Cool. Uh, I, I I like all the ideas here. Uh, Pad, you're going to get the pick first here. I'm going to set the table for you. It is the grudge match of the evening: Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. How are you feeling? Who's winning? Double knockout. <laughs> <laughs> Double knockout. Nobody wins. Double count out, whatever it is. Ken M. Christian Cage because he's, you know, doing the whole James Bond villain look, and I think Luchasaurus is going to turn on Jungle Boy. You know, I agree with you, Ken. Honestly, here's my problem, and I'm going to get some hate for this. Jungle Boy is one of the quote-unquote four pillars right. that doesn't feel like a pillar no i agree with you there he is decent in the ring but his mic work yeah. and just because he swears on the mic does not mean he's good yeah i'm sorry oh he, he called him a pussy Ooh, yeah such big words uh also his in-ring stuff he's not better than other people in the ring quite frankly i'm sorry he's not that he's a bad wrestler he's a no good he, he's solid he's solid but he, the, for, for but to put him on the same pedestal as mjf which god knows where he is but still mjf sure uh, Sammy Guevara, which once again, I still don't, I'm not a huge Sammy fan, but you can't deny that he's good. In he's the got ring. the it factor. And then of course, Darby Allen, who listen, whether it doesn't matter how good he is in the ring or not, which he is good in the ring. He said he's, he's insane and people, he's an attraction. I would say the orange Cassidy is more important to, to AEW than jungle boy is. I would even say Wardlow has, has dethroned him from a spot. Uh, mostly, you know, some of it's booking. Mm-hmm. And also, it's just the talent. Like, I'm sorry. And I know there's a lot of people out there that think that he's great. And I, that's fine. And he's he is a good wrestler. But listen, if I was the one booking AEW, I would have booked Brian Pillman Jr. in in matches to put him in the in the spot that they want Jungle Boy in. And I because he's a better wrestler, in my opinion. No, I, I agree with you on that fact. I mean, the thing about Jungle Boy is he is very, very good in the ring, and I will and I will stress that. But as far as a character, as far as mic work, it's not there yet. So to anoint him as like a face of your franchise, I think it's just the internet fans are really, really like him. And and you granted, there's nothing wrong with that. 
But I think in comparison to some other people like you brought up, like I think Orange Cassidy is more of a pillar than anybody. Agreed. I, I think that Wardlow, if you're if you're thinking long term booking for the future, he should be the guy that you're facing, you're centering the franchise around. Like he should be the face of the franchise. Unfortunately, once again, I know we're not trying to talk about this now, so we won't jump into it too much. But we've said in the past, unfortunately, Wardlow. If you don't, they're not careful with how they handle all this, especially after hearing how disrupted Wardlow and Hangman Page are two guys that are custom made mm-hmm. for the Triple H led WWE and they can go become stars there. Wardlow can become the next Batista. Yeah. And uh Page can become another a champion as well. Yeah. He's got he's got the factors that Triple H likes. So, you know, you got to be careful. Those are the kind of guys you have to take care of. So, meanwhile, while we're still trying to convince people that Jungle Boy Jack Perry is a pillar of the company, I think your real pillars are Wardlow, Hangman Page, MJF, if he comes back, but if he's not there, that's fine. Darby Allen and, and Orange Cassidy. Those are the most popular guys you have in your company between gimmicks, in-ring, and getting over. Mm-hmm. And if, I'm, if you don't agree with me, that's absolutely fine. Sure. And once again, it has nothing to do against Jungle Boy. But here we are. We have Jungle Boy featured in a singles match on a pay-per-view. I'm sure you're right. Luchasaurus will turn on him and that'll be it. But Wardlow is not defending his TNT title on this. He's in a six-man. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJF is wherever MJF is, you know, work, shoot, whatever the fuck it is. We don't know. And he, we haven't seen him in months. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hurting the fact that it's a work. Right. Mm-hmm. And then last but certainly not least, Orange Cassidy so far isn't on this card. I know that he could, they could add him. He might even be in that ladder match, but they could add him somewhere. And also, uh, Darby Allen is not on the card currently, although I feel like that six man tag might be something he does. But once again, that'll be the third six man tag on this card. Yeah. And I think that's a big disservice to the card because the fact that there's two on it's baffling to begin with. If there's three, it's like, what the fuck are we doing with our lives? Yeah, unless you put them all in the pre-show, which, I mean, I could see that happening for for uh, the Darby one. I, I could fully see that one happening. Agreed, but I'm just saying. But, uh, but it's too much. But that's the whole thing. You take away, especially when you're supposed to be crowning six-man tags, champs. Like, you're just, it's too much. But for what, like, but this is one problem that they have. They they overstuff these cards yeah. for the previews, and like, and I get they do them only four times a year. Sure, I understand that, but still, you gotta look at quality over quantity. Like, I don't need to be watching a, a wrestling show from seven to one in the morning on the East Coast. Like, it doesn't add up if if you shorten up a couple matches, and then if you really feel that, do something special for your YouTube channel if you want to try driving people to that. I got you. I agree. I agree. We got two more matches to talk about. And of course, then uh, we have a whole bunch of kit and caboodle. Uh, so we got the, uh, Kevin, we'll start with you, of course, here. The AEW World Tag Team Championships are on your line. Your champions, Swerve in our glory, uh, Shane Swerve Strickland, and of course, Keith Lee defending against the acclaimed uh, Max Caster. Uh, I'm, first of all, I wonder if uh, Ass Daddy's going to be out there, mm-hmm. Billy Ass. Uh, but I like both teams. Don't get me wrong. It's we're gonna kick it to you first. Who do you think's winning, and uh, how? Why? Oh, it's swerving my. It's swerving the glory. There, no, no, it's swerving Keith Lee all day. Listen, I understand that the acclaimed is is winning over people, but let's face it. When are they really featured on Rampage? They're not. There's really a a weak build for the storyline. Swerve and and Lee have wrestled here and there. Give them time to run with the belts, and I think like this match is a good match. Do I think it's a pay per view match? No, but I just think because there's no storyline really built up around this. I think Swerve and Lee deserve to have like a little more high profile opponents. So I'm gonna say that they win for this, and then unless something crazy happens, D- deserve to have. Um, how about they deserve to fight the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Titles? By the way, the number one contenders that have been the number one contenders for eight 
months, who currently are the reigning AAA World Tag Team Champions, the reigning IWGP World Tag Team Champions, the reigning Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, and they should be going to All Out and walking out as the new two-time reigning AEW World Tag Team Champions in the FTR. This is a big missed opportunity on a big show. This is the kind of shit I was talking about with the last one. And I'm still talking about here. And with, will this match be good? I don't want to shit on it. It will be good. The acclaimed is very good in the ring. It'll I be think a solid Anthony, match. I think Anthony Bowen and Max Caster are both y- good young kids. I think that they're that they have bright futures, and if they were pushed right, they would could they could convince people they should be in this match. As far as Swerve and Keith Lee, I hate the fact that they're a tag team, but they're great wrestlers but the, the they don't need to be a tag team we thought they were going to be split up the only reason to give them the belts was to keep the young bucks from eating a pin from ftr so i don't understand why we're not just going there unless they're going okay let's get another pay-per-view out of them before we have that that's bullshit just give them the fucking belts already because eventually you're going to want to put the young bucks over them again and bury them again the, the ftr already knows that mm-hmm. ftr is not stupid the reason you took them out of the fucking video game is in, in in read between the lines is because they know eventually they'll have to do the job to the bucks again and look like shit and then they can just say okay our contracts are up in 2023 which they are mm-hmm. and we can just walk away into the sunset whether that's back to the fucking uh, hugging embrace of papa h who of course they were papa h guys so i'm sure they will have no problem walking back and to be the centerpiece of a new rebuilt WWE tag team division. Because I do believe Triple H is going to do that. Just like he rebuilt the Intercontinental Division. He's rebuilt the United States Division. And that's only in a month. Mm-hmm. Wait until he starts just focusing on the tag team division. And why wouldn't you want that gigantic fucking centerpiece where they no longer have to do jobs to the Young Bucks Yeah, to prove that you know the Young Bucks are better? Sorry. That's just how I look at it. I'm sorry that some executive vice presidents get that way. But with the match at hand, I'm sure it'll be fine. Max Caster and Anthony Bowens remind me of a more talented in the ring version of Enzo and Big Cass. Because let's be honest, the entertainment value is them coming to the ring, uh, rapping and cheering up on the crowd and being characters. They are better in the ring than Enzo and Big Cass, so don't get me started that that I compared them. But that is really what they're there for. No, you're right. You're right. And they're going to eat a pin. It'll be a decent match. It'll probably be 10, 15 minutes tops, in my opinion. But... We're getting robbed of a 20, 25-minute match where we could see FTR take the spot that they should be taking, in my opinion. Padawan, Jay, what's your thoughts? I think it's going to be swerving our glory just because they don't annoy me like the Acclaimed does. Don't get me wrong. I've seen some of the work of the Acclaimed in the ring, and in the ring, they're good. You know, they're not the best tag team of all time, but there's some promise there. But what are they primarily known for? Like you said, the entertainment factor, the quote-unquote wraps to the ring, which I'm sorry, I caught the one this past week and... Sorry, it might have lit the crowd up, but I'm sitting there going, all right, I've heard better. You know, even from wrestlers, I've, mm. I've, I've heard better. You know, is it is it exactly, you know. Oh, the student loan one he was talking about. Yeah, the student loan Never. one. You know, like I've heard, I've heard better from. He ain't top dollar. Yeah. No. You know, so I'm going to say Swerving and Glory just because they don't annoy me like the claim does because I'm sorry. I get that the AEW fans and, and some of the faithful love everything they do and they could literally just say individual words and the crowd would eat that shit up. But in terms of just, it, it just does nothing for me. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw this out there, and I feel bad that I have to even say it about the acclaim because the acclaim should, it's not their fault they're in this position. No, absolutely not. This, this is not on them. This should be a big time match. You know, you you know what you could have done? You could have gotten the acclaimed over a little more, and you could have put, you could have just swapped them. You could have had them with Wardlow, 
which would have been cool. It'd have been different. Yeah. It'd have been cool. And then FTR in the tag title match. And uh, so for the people out there like, oh, why would that be cool? Because it would be neat because they would be in the ring with the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal across from them and then one of the hottest performers in AEW and Wardlow. So it would up their stock. It's a high-profile match And for think them. about it. The biggest attraction, we're not the only people saying this. There's a lot of people on the internet. There's a lot of AEW fans that can't figure out why FTR isn't in the tag title match at All Out. And if you have limited time with them, if that's the belief that you have limited time with them, that means you have little limited time to pull that trigger to make everybody see that they have all these belts and put it over. And guess what? You're looking for ratings. That's fucking ratings. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. Uh, The last listed match, and then we're going to talk about the world title match because we know that's going to definitely be listed, uh, but just nobody yet, is uh, Lionheart. Yes, that's right. They put Lionheart, Chris Jericho, going one-on-one with the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. So I'm assuming this is a rematch from NXT Season 1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kedem, uh, who do you got in this match and why? Well, for the uh, Daniel Garcia storyline, I am going to take Brian Danielson on this one. I, th- I think that we're going to have this weird switch up with the BCC and Jericho Appreciation Society. Where Wheeler Yuta goes to the JSA or uh, JS yeah JSA, or JAS JS. You know I'm saying I'm I know I'm saying yeah I'm thinking comics wise that's what I do. Uh, So you're gonna see him go with Jericho, and then I think you're gonna see Daniel Garcia go with uh, William Regal, which I think is a better fit for both. I'm gonna tell you right now if I'm booking this match, I'll tell you how it ends. Uh, Brian Danielson gets uh, Jericho in either cattle mutilation or the LaBelle lock. Uh, probably the LaBelle lock since Gene LaBelle just uh, passed away, RP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, Daniel Garcia throws a towel in. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Screws over Jericho. That He joins BCC, screws over Jericho. We can get a program between Garcia and Jericho, which I don't really need, need to see because – uh, you know, I just don't need to see Jericho anymore, but it still makes sense for storyline purposes, but it would be really cool. And then if you wanted, then what I would do if you're getting to where you said, cause I think that could happen where you would get there is you would get Wheeler U to start being jealous of Daniel Garcia because yes, Wheeler U is good in the ring. Daniel Garcia is better. Yeah. And so therefore there would be a little jealousy there. And then you could use that as a way of Jericho getting in the ear of Wheeler Uta over the next weeks and months and then do the switch there too. If you would, if you want to do that, yeah, but I think want. the smart booking, if, in my opinion, I think Brian Danson wins this match regardless, but the smart booking is you would use Daniel Garcia to throw in the towel for, for Jericho. Cause I think that'd be great. Pad. So fun fact, I can't take credit for this. I read this online, but according to ProFightDB.com, uh, Daniel, Daniel, Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho have been involved in matches together over the course of their career 14 times. Of those 14 times, only two of them are singles matchups, one of which was on Monday Night Raw on February 11th, 2013. The other one was on WWE NXT Season 1 taping, number one, February 23rd, 2010 and that was where he broke out the lion table mm-hmm. that is the only two times those two gentlemen have faced off against each other individually they've been involved in you know battle royals and royal rumbles and tag matches and everything else sure but in terms of just one-on-one only two times it's ever happened thought it was a fun fact kind of cool uh i'm gonna say brian Dan- uh brian danielson just because reasons you know i don't think jericho needs it i think he'd give the rub to danielson I gotcha. Well, that leaves us with the one big cloud and question mark that hopefully gets answered uh, tomorrow night on Dynamite as we record on a Tuesday. And that, of course, is the AEW World Championship. We know now that the undisputed reigning and defending AEW World Champion is John Moxley. Yes. By the way, also the Game Changer Wrestling World Champion. Yes. Mark that on the calendars. 
And he is going to go one-on-one with... Well, Uncle Dave says that this was a Swervosaurus, and we're going to get Punk versus Moxley. I know, Ken, you pitched a way to do that earlier. We're going to we're going to add that in there. You know, of course, the internet's saying the Hangman Page might end up in this match. Well, the internet's saying that MGF, MJF returns in this match, which I'm kind of like, well, last time we saw him, he got powerbombed 18 times and jobbed out. So it would be really weird to see him in a title match. But uh, as you gentlemen like to say, reasons. reasons. Exactly. And, of course, it's Tony Khan, so you never know. Uh, you know, there's so many, I just don't, I don't know. Uh, if they're, you know what I would do? I'm not, I'm going to get bullshit. I'm going to tell you guys. So tomorrow night on dynamite, what I would do is I would have a good old fashioned fucking battle Royal. I throw a bunch of fucking people in it, whoever, and have somebody win and somebody unexpected. Who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? It should be a Moxley win. It should be pretty easy. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, if you could get Okada or fucking Jay White or somebody, maybe, but I don't know. Here's the trick. I think that you you will see something like that because I'm running through my head who's in Ring of Honor that is not booked on this card. Sure, you're not going to well, Samoa Joe's returning. Yeah, yes, I was going to say he just he's been off TV because of the Twisted Metal TV show, but right. that just finished filming. You could plug in Joe versus Mox, and that would make sense. Yeah. Because you can't do Claudio because no. that would be too much storyline with the BCC. No, and it, you know, UFC, MMA rules, they're the same club. They wouldn't fight each other. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it just it wouldn't pan out. You could try Hangman Adam Page, but there's no storyline build. And I'm sorry, unless you're a true blue AEW, you know, fanatic, it's not going to be enough to sell the casual fan. Like I say, we pose this question to Pat all the time because we make it very well known. He's not the biggest AEW fan in the world. Nope. If you had $50, you look at the, the template of who's there to face John Moxley. Mm-hmm. If you're a wrestling fan, who would you plug in there? Well, I'll be honest. Punk, no, because I just watched a squash match. You know, I did watch that match just because I was interested to see what happened. I just saw... Punk gets squashed in three minutes and 11 seconds. So I wouldn't spend, you know, basically a tank of gas. Mm-hmm. You know, what I would spend on a tank of gas, you know, to watch this. MJF, while it would be cool, doesn't make any fucking sense. Hangman Page, again, doesn't make any fucking sense. Now, if it were to be Samoa Joe, then I might be like, oh, you know what? Game time decision, I might do it. You know, but anybody else, I'm sitting there going, no, just no. Well, I mean, who do you plug in? Like you said, you can. Well, you could always do whoever wins the casino uh, ladder match because right. the right. shot later in the night period. Right. Just go. That's what that's for. Which could be an interesting way of handling it. Announce the six or eight guys, whatever it's going to be. Probably one, you know, what Joker, which they usually do, and then have whoever wins that go on to later in the night face Moxley. That could be a thing, uh, which might be be interesting depending upon the yeah. six people. Maybe yeah. Samojo's in that match as well. Uh, there's just I don't know I I honestly think that they have booked themselves into a corner oh, they have. because if they if they do Punk Moxley I'm not I, you know we're gonna watch anyways let's about me and Ken are at least mm-hmm. well, let's be honest but you know what I'm not interested in seeing Mox versus Punk especially after I saw the squash there's no reason to run that back 11 days after a squash match like if you want to say he's injured and run it back at uh uh what'd you call it there uh full gear which yep. would be the next uh, pay per view then that, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, but if you're saying that we're running it back 11 days later with a foot injury that it, put him out for months, I don't like it. It makes no sense to have to run it back after, you know, 11 days where he re-injured the foot. And you had JR say on broadcast, that's the foot he injured initially, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
it, it just makes no fucking sense. This is, I don't, Ken, I don't remember if I said it on the show, but I know I said it to you off air. Mm-hmm. You know, that this whole thing with Moxley and Punk was the one thing they couldn't fuck up and they had to nail it flawlessly. And they have managed to fuck it up every step along the way. You know what they're probably going to do? Okay. Oh, God. I, th- why is this all hitting me now? Yeah, your match is going to be Joe versus Mox. And Joe wins. Okay. And Punk is going to win that's the, the cash in. So you'll have Joe versus Punk to close out all out. And hmm. Punk wins. Well, that's if they do a cash in scenario. Yeah, but that, it's going to happen. Like I say, that's the only scenario that works for me. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can see that happening, but it just would be, it wouldn't be, I don't like it either. I don't, like I say, I don't like it, but that's the only one I can say that works, like in this situation. They have taken a surefire, awesome main event at their one of their biggest pay per views and literally just flushed it down the toilet. The, it, and I'm sorry, the people out there that are saying, oh, this is great booking, where? No. Because as you go down and try to plug somebody into this match, I mean, there's some interesting things you could do. Once again, the return of Joe. Uh, do a battle royal on Wednesday to find out who's going to be the champion. Uh, do the winner of the ladder match at, at all, or at all out goes on to wrestle for the title later in the night you could do all of those things and they're interesting but at the same point in juncture what do we get there's no bigger matchup than punk versus moxley would have been but that squash match ruins it and anybody who thinks that that squash match, like oh that was just a good part of the story so he can win in chicago that is fucking dumb tell me how that makes any sense and here's how i'll push it to you what if this pa- what if this past thir- uh, Friday on SmackDown, Roman Reigns would have lost the WWE Universal Undisputed Universal title to Drew McIntyre to go to England and then win it back that is, and, and fake an injury? That is the exact same thing. What would you say as the internet? And be fucking honest. Be Bullshit. honest. Yeah. All of the people defending this on the AW side, and I know they listen, and, and I'm not trying to be a dickhead. Be honest. If the roles were reversed and the three letters weren't AEW, they were WWE, what would you say right now? They'd be saying it's horseshit. And that's why this is the podcast that calls it right down the fucking middle. Mm-hmm. Because I would have done the same thing. This could be WWE. This could be Game Changer Wrestling. This could be New Japan Pro Wrestling. This can be any of it. And if the same fucking thing happened 11 days out, where they used an injury angle to do a squash, and then they you know, might put that same match on at the pay-per-view, I would be having the same exact problems. That's what being right down the middle is. Yeah. And and if you say that, well, if it was WWE, I'd feel this way, then that means that there's your bias. And so now you need to take a step back and go, guess what? I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody out there that isn't biased, that is like, oh, this is a fucking great idea. You just squashed out your main event. So there's no way that happens. If it does happen, it's bullshit, especially if it's competitive now. Yeah, you can have a competitive in a couple months because that gives more time for the injury to heal, but you can't do it right now because you're telling me something to put him on the shelf for months and had an interim title for. He's gonna get over in eleven days. They they took what should have been top five easily, if not top three, best matches of the year across the board. AEW fan, WWE fan, Impact, GCW, whatever. Sure. And they've turned it from top five, if not top three, best matches of the year and turned it into top five or top three worst matches of the year. Well, like I said, they flushed it down the toilet for a rating pop. And that's you can't convince me otherwise. No, they panicked. A, they they popped a, the rating. It's a full panic. And it didn't even, and it didn't even pop it that much. It was slightly over a million. Yeah, yeah which which goes with, goes with the same in Blocks County anywhere last week. I go, if you did this, you needed to have the greatest rating on, on uh, Dynamite you've ever had in your life. Because you literally gave your main event, the one that was supposed to push you over all these marks on pay-per-view buys, 
on free TV and you didn't move the needle. And I wasn't that far off. We were no. giving, we were giving predictions on ODPH and kind of said how much to, how much do you think ratings are going to be? And I said nine four nine, and it was one oh four nine. Yeah, just barely over. I, so, I was a hundred thousand off. So that main event wasn't going to move the needle for your. It wasn't base. the main event anyways. Yeah, but that's but that's all. But it would have done it on pay per view. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the reason I say that is because it would have that was the match the faithful wanted to see, so they would have come out in droves and they would have bought the pay per view and it would have done the record numbers there. And listen, the AEW the one thing they have to worry about is pay per views because they're charging fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. WWE is putting on good premium live events, especially Clash of the Castle. But let's be honest, they don't have to because for four ninety nine you can watch it on the Peacock. Right. You don't have to pay fifty bucks for it. Right. You know what I mean? And if you do it, if you change your email address, you can do it for free. <laughs> you yeah. know, because you have you can do it under under the guise, which people have done before, and I'm not gonna you know condone it. But once again, do you boo boo? Exactly. I just want to throw it out there. So that that's just why I get so energized because I'm like, man, AEW really had something cooking and can come out and have this great night of wrestling. And now I'm going, well, who fits in? And like, if you say, oh, plug in Hangman Adam Page, okay, plugging in Hangman Adam Page. Uh, last time we knew, uh, he hadn't been doing shit in the last couple months except for hanging out in the back. And of course, we were we all were privy to him being called a coward and not responding. Yeah. Well, and, well, and I know the, the the marks are running with, oh, oh, he he was coaching guys in the closet on because of BTE. BTE, no, stop. Exactly. They came so, up with that after the fact. Yeah, BTE is not relevant. Came, BTE came after the fact. We all saw the photo. The three of us all saw the photo. I don't think it circulated wide enough, but he was sitting in catering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, let's point out the fact MJF returns. Okay, MJF's a big name, granted. MJF, like if we're talking about in the height would be, but he spent three months with nobody mentioning him at all. And on top of that, the last time we saw him in the ring, I cannot overstate this, not the pipe bomb, because that's cool. That happened on Mike. But the last time we saw him in a wrestling match, 18 power bombs in a squash match. Yeah. So that deserves you to have a title shot? And plus, like, nobody's, who's going to believe that shit? And plus, we've already seen it with uh, Moxley and him. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's not yeah. For, yeah, the we, belt. for the belt. Yeah, we've seen this. So it's, you're not adding value. You're decreasing it. I think right now at this at this table right now we've decided pretty much it, Samoa Joe is probably the best bet and, it, yeah. and it's an easy plug and play. You could just have Tony come out and say, "Hey, listen, I know we just had the title match last week, but we need to obviously have the belt defended. It's a major pay per view for us. You know, I really struggle. I really thought about bringing somebody in or, or something. You know, I really thought about who who to bring in. And you know what? I walk was walking around, found the perfect person. Point to the point to the entrance music hits. Out he comes. It's all you need. Samoa Joe or Nick fucking Gage, take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> I dare him to do Nick Gage. I dare take them. Take your fucking pick. Still so GCW's thunder. So much blood. Get the light tubes out and call it a day. I don't know. I'm just, I I, I just, you know, there, this is a good card. I'm going to, I hope I enjoy the pay-per-view. I hope it doesn't run too late, uh, which I know it's going to, but fuck. Yeah. I just wish they wouldn't have dropped the ball on this main event. And, and anybody who's saying they're not, man, please point out where I'm wrong. That they dropped the, but they didn't drop the ball here. No. They th- fucking absolutely did. Unfortunately, this is probably the least excited all out all in that we've seen. Let's let's like let's be honest about it. The main event is in shambles. Mm-hmm. No, no matter what happens, you're not going to get equal value to what you had prior to doing that match on Dynamite. No. You botched up the tag team title match because let's face it, this should have been FTR and obviously this the tag team title match is going in with no buzz whatsoever. It's a forgettable match. You also have other ones on this card. Like you're, we're going to wind up having three six man tags, which is absurd. You know, two, you, you, let's be honest. Two confirmed right now. We're totally expecting a third. Yeah. Round. You know, with, even if they announce Samoa Joe on Wednesday or whoever they announce on Wednesday, you might be able to sway some people to to go. Oh, you know what? I was kind of on the fence, but I, but I'll, you know what? I'll get it. 
But by and large, for a lot of folks, their their mind's already made up whether they're going to get the pay-per-view or not. And and that's the shitty thing is you could have done the biggest pay-per-view buy in AEW history if you had not done that match on Dynamite and saved it for the pay-per-view. Well, they panicked. I mean, that's the whole thing about it. The, the, the internet swing of momentum towards WWE because of Triple H is showing its effect. And I hate saying this because what AEW, the one thing we always scream on here, no matter what the 607 podcast program is, Tony, focus on your own house. Don't worry about your neighbors. Worry about AEW. But the fact that you panicked and put that match on on free TV, let alone you put it on at, not as the main event, so you tipped your hand already, that is a bad move, and that's going to come back to haunt you because if the ratings and and the buys, rather, for the pay-per-view are lower than expected, that's on you for this. I'm sorry, this is the accountability issue. Whoever decided to run with this match on free TV, this is what's going to hamper your pay-per-view because no matter how you try spinning this, you're not going to get back that anticipation for that main event. You've dropped the ball. Absolutely. Absolutely couldn't agree more. That is going to bring us to the end of this week's edition of 607 TWS. Of course, Ken M, before we go, tell the fine folks one more time how to find the ODPH. Well, let me ask Padawan J if you want to find out everything going on with the panel from social media accounts to the parlay points to the T Public Store to the Patreon to the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as Dragon Master Games and 3FN Podcast and the directory. Where do you go? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. There you go. And of course, for all things 3FN, just go to 3FNpodcast.com. Patreon uh, link is there. Public link. Social links. All that happy jazz there. Players and everything. Just visit 3FNpodcast.com. Of course, thank you once again to Padawan J for joining us yeah, here. Thanks for having me. And of course, uh, for the ODPH Society, thank you for listening to us in place of uh, your normal sports entertainment show. But trust me, oh, you're going to get a lot next week. Yes. Uh, next week is the NFL preview show, so I'm uh, going to be buckled in. I do believe we're, what, splitting it into two? correct yes yeah. so we're going to do the afc as one uh, podcast and the nfc as another one so you can definitely listen to both make your predictions about who's going to come through the season and definitely get ready for the official kickoff next thursday and listen it's not the sports show but fuck the astros yeah. i love it i love it with that being said uh you're going to hear our good friend second suitor as you do at the end of that each and every show one winged angels the name of the song make sure you check them out and with that being said for myself for padawan j for ken m take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later wrestling Fans. If you take my hand, we could order Chinese food, get high, and then watch New Japan. Rainmaker, my heart so damn hard I can no longer stand in this room I'm starting to swoon The walls made of neon But I can't stop looking at you Looking at you 
Two.